He keeps the heads. He eats the rest. Lucille? It's not just that wolf of his. The wolf just gets scraps. Bones. That was something that uh, we would do impressions of in college, but like it always felt wrong because it, like Josh said, it is kind of a terrifying primal scream, and it's. Uh, but I don't know. We found humor in it anyway. So uh, this is Brett. This is spoilers. Uh, like I said, we did Sin City, and surprisingly, and I'm happy that I believe this is Pap's first time watching it all the way through. And Mikey's first time watching all the way through. Corey, you'd seen it, right? Crazy. Not sober, so basically it doesn't count. Oh, cool. It was a whole new experience for me. <laughs> well, that's cool. So three people, pretty much. I know Stevie had seen it, but Stevie, unfortunately, couldn't be with us tonight. Uh, he had to drop out last minute. Had to drop <laughs> out last minute. <laughs> really put me in a bind. <laughs> Thanks for throwing that out there. Basically, like I was telling the guys, uh, we're going to have to start right with trivia. So um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So... I do have an opening thing-ish. I didn't... I only thought of it recently, but... So, let's take the three main male leads in the three big stories. Mickey Rourke, Clive Owen, and Bruce Wells. Why don't you introduce who you are, and then tell us a movie by one of those three that you like for some reason, or just speaks to you. I mean, obviously you could pick an obvious one if you want. Like, I mean, I know... A Clive Owen movie no, that Pappy likes, but don't, just do whatever. Looper's cool. Don't preempt. Are you running the Can show? take all the answers? <laughs> I always say this to people. I wasn't going to say the name. That's why I said <laughs> likes the movie. I think we all know what we're talking about. So let's... Um, mm. I like to not give Corey any time, so let's go ahead and start with Corey. Let's start with you, Brett. What's yours? That's fine. I can do that. Good idea. I'll give you a little time. I'll give you a little time. Okay, so, like I said, this is Brett. I'm recording out of Fort Wayne. I mean, there are some obvious ones, but I'm going to pick one. I, it's, I know it's not the best movie. It's not the most popular movie. I've seen it probably over ten times. I really, really love it. It is a Clive Owen movie called King Arthur. There was a lot of studio changes, and it kind of screwed up everything, but I love the cast. It's got a young Mads Mikkelsen, Ray Winstone, Clive Owen, Yoan Gruffid. I mean, it's just... I have no idea if pronounced that Yoan Gruffid right, but I gave it my best shot. And Keira Knightley. So I've seen that movie a lot. I really, really like it. It's got Stellan Skarsgård. It's just really, really good, in my opinion. But He's doing bad, bad movies. Uh, it's not a perfect movie, but that's what I choose. So, nice. Ready, this is Josh from Goshen. There you go. I thought yeah. we were going east to 
Step on up. You good? There you go. Okay, good. Whew, I just really wanted to step in front of Pappy because this was a really hot time for Clive Owen. And actually, if you oh, go yeah. back about 20, 30 episodes in spoilers history, uh-huh. Children of Men from 2006. Mm. Yeah. Um, a lo- no wonder you didn't want me to say anything. Several of us like this movie a lot, Brett. But I just wanted to say one other thing during my opening, and that is when we used to like joke around... Like, I've been thinking about this. When we used to say, he made me watch! Mm-hmm. And, like, joke around about that. I think seeing that the first time in this movie, I was definitely scared and disturbed. And I think that mm-hmm. might have been a defense mechanism where we were just trying yeah. to ease the pain and trauma over the years or something. It's something you, when you, you go for it, and, like, when you're halfway done, you're like, oh, did I, should I have done that? It's like, yeah, it's a, uh, it, I think you're right. It's kind of like a, <laughs> You start it and you think everything is going to be honky dory, and by the end you're just like, "I think I need to go to bed." I mean, it's like it drains you. So, <laughs> plus she's, I don't know, cool. It's and gorgeous. It's hard to see her get mutilated like that, but you know, you really hate to see it. I mean, if mm. she was Spy Kids, Carla, then I don't think Kevin would have gotten the drop on her. You know what? They're really bad spies in that movie, so ne- maybe <laughs> never mind. There are a few Robert Rodriguez movies. This is Pappy, recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Glad I had a little bit of time to do some Googling. Gonna go with our friend of the pod, Ryan Rain Johnson, in a little movie called Looper. I only saw Looper once, and it was a long time ago, but I remember really liking it. Stevie's um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis are the same person, if I remember, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a different periods of their life um time travel movie uh yeah i don't know i kind of wish ryan johnson made some more movies like this like to be brick honest. um you know i don't hate brick i saw brick recently i, like brick. I watched it with josh so but none of the three leads are in this so also i think we should probably mention too brett sad news about bruce willis um his early onset alzheimer's right or something like that dementia no, he's got something else uh uh, Corey, don't you start. We know you hate him. He has something called aphasia, where he, I guess it's uh, it can be considered... Oh, he just got... Wow, dude, dementia, too, this month? Dude, it's been a bad 11 months for Bruce Willis. That's terrible. Sorry. Yeah, you were close. You were pretty close, Pat. Well, I remember like the Red Letter Media guys saying towards the end, like, is he just cashing as many checks as he possibly can while he can? And like, Kind of looks like it. That's kind of what he was doing. It makes me kind of, I don't know, I feel bad for him, but I also kind of just respect the hustle of just trying to make as much money as you can in that last little bit. Someone has a theory of one of the movies he was in. I don't remember. It was early 2000s where he got hit in the head by a projectile, and they think that that's maybe what started it. I don't know if that's anything or not. Oh, gosh. Reddit's on the case, huh? No, I think it was someone who worked. It probably came from Reddit, but... I think it was someone who worked on the film. Went on Reddit, and then... <laughs> They've been right before, Josh. <laughs> Pat, before we move on, does, or Pat and Josh, do you guys need to work something out? Are you guys cool? Or I mean, they were like fighting before, so... No, what? I just want to make sure Josh wasn't mad at me. I, I ordered a pizza at a movie, and then I couldn't see Josh. I'm on Pat's side. Josh is in the wrong here. No, no one's in the wrong. I'm in the wrong. No, Josh is definitely wrong. Well, now I'm just in a fight with Mikey. Was it Josh? Did you have? Did you have plans? <laughs> Mikey's always on someone else's side. Let's go. 
the plans were canceled, and then I made new plans, and the plans got uncanceled. Oh, Pappy, oh. let me let me give it to him a little bit. The only reason I'm going to bring this up is because we're going to watch IU play Purdue and IU beat Purdue. It's <sighs> I get a chance to say that on the pod. It was a really fun game, but yeah, we Sweet. didn't get a chance to watch the game. I think we're mostly just both sad, Pappy, and that's okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, next time I will definitely come down. Sorry, Brett. One more. Get a th- get a thin cheese. Don't get all the meat. That's freaking <laughs> gross, man. Dude, the bacon, the sausage, the pepperoni on a Jack's pizza that was heated <laughs> up in a microwave. Can't beat it. Pig three ways. All on a pizza. Worth every one of those $11. I hope I'm not stealing Corey's, though, but I guess Bruce Willis also played Spike, the dog, from the Rugrats Go Wild uh Rugrats, Wild Thornberry's Cross. <laughs> no, that one's all you, dude. Take it away. It's <laughs> <laughs> another one that I like. Uh, well, yeah, we can go ahead and move on. I was going to say who was sadder, Josh or the person who had to sit in Pappy's seat after during the next movie, but we'll just move on. Definitely the person who had to sit in the seat afterwards, <laughs> greased up. Corey, have you <laughs> had it? right out of it. Have you had enough time? Get back to me at the end of the episode. You know? No, we're going to go right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's a couple. So Mickey Rourke. You know, I, I forget sometimes that he's in some movies that I really like. He's in a movie called The Wrestler, a 2008 yeah. Aronofsky movie. The Ram, Which, right? as far as I remember, was like very loosely based on Jake the Snake Roberts. Mm. And it's just like a depressing look into the life of a professional wrestler. And like can, kind of like how it's tragic and lonely. and Oh, it hurts so good. U- ultimately depressing they are. And, I, you know, I feel like, like probably 60... Or, or or maybe 75% of pro wrestlers kind of end up in this state. And that's the feeling I get watching this movie. Whether or not that's true or not, I don't know. But I definitely get that vibe after watching that movie, and it, it affects me in a big way. But, of course, I have two answers. The wrestler's one. That's Mickey Rourke. Clive Owen was in one of my favorite movies from the 2000s called Closer. Not a lot of people like Closer. Not a lot of people talk about Closer. I'll give you guys a reason to watch it right now, though. Song. You see Natalie Portman's butthole in it. <laughs> no fucking lie. You see wow. it. <laughs> I know it was a famous thong thing. I didn't know there was a butthole. Legit. Wow. Google search that. Mm. Not right now, obviously. But <laughs> that movie has a special place in my heart. It reminds me of a different time. I know I have said this a couple of times even kind of recently, but it reminds me of someone that I was close to that is no longer with us. And uh, for that, I'll cherish that movie forever. Cool. Uh, Mikey recording from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Just looking through Bruce Willis's very long IMDb list here. And he's got a lot of great movies. Die Hard obviously is a favorite of mine. And also his role in Moonrise Kingdom. Mm Mm-hmm. Where he plays that cop. That's a pretty fun role mm. for him. Uh, I really like that movie a lot. And uh, yeah, I thought that was cool. I, I like when he does... Uh, oh, and also Fifth Element, scrolling past it. That's also a good one. Yeah, he's got a lot of awesome movies. He's a great actor. But uh, super sad to hear about his recent diagnosis. But Corey hates him. He said that on one of these pods once, but... That's okay. I used to hate him back when he had his wits about him. Can't <laughs> yeah. hate him anymore. Yeah, even, <laughs> even the Razzie Awards oh rescinded all of his wins because they didn't think it was yeah. very nice. It's not really fair. You know, when he's like, when he has his full mental faculties and he's an arrogant prick, then I hate him. 
But when he's like, you know, shriveled up in a corner in a wheelchair, I, I can't hate that. Yep, and you went there. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Want to just throw any other ones out there? I mean, the last... This might as well just throw more out there. Mikey gave like three or four, and Cora gave a couple. Anybody else? Is that like an annoyed, like... Or do <laughs> no. you actually want us to? No, no, I was no. going to ask, better buttholes, Corey, closer or cats? <laughs> I didn't see the cat's butthole cut, so I can't oh. judge for sure. But I'm willing to bet I'd prefer closer. Like, I... I feel like I would just lean that direction. Mm. Closer or closer? Closer. Hmm. I mean, but they're spelled the same if you're doing a Google search. All right, so this movie is what is called an anthology film. We're going to start with just the very first part. We'll, we'll bookend with, this is broken down into four stories, and they're not all, only two of the stories go at one time all the way through. The first one, the very first like three-minute cut, is uh, from his, the graphic novel, and it's called The Customer is Always Right. That's how it, the movie starts, and that's how the movie ends. That's the one with Josh Hartnett. He plays somebody called, I believe, the the. Where's my note? I do have a note, believe it or not. The salesman. He is an assassin, which you don't really know right away. But Josh Hartnett has another uh, one. My wife had a pretty big crush on back in the day, and he did he just stop acting? I know he came back recently, but does anybody know about that? He was pretty big around this time too. He was kind of going down a little bit. You know, he is a great actor, and he's underrated. He's one of those guys that, like, his looks, I think, kind of got in the way of yep. things, at least in terms of the public perception of Josh Hartnett. I know some of you guys are also fans of Lucky Number Slevin, which I think is a great movie. But uh, a few years ago, he did that show Penny Dreadful, which I think is a really cool kind of gothic show of, like, all, like, Horror monsters like mm. Frankenstein and mummies and werewolves and shit. He was in that, and he was really great in Is that it. Eva Green, Eve Green or something? Yeah. Yeah, I like her too, so. Yeah, so he's not much inside. Apparently, I think I read that this scene was actually shot in like a day, and it was before they even got permission from Frank Miller to film, but he's kind of, Robert Rodriguez wanted to show that you can do justice to this graphic novel, and apparently it worked, so mm-hmm. pretty good idea. The wind rises electric. She's soft and warm and almost weightless. Her perfume a sweet promise that brings tears to my eyes. I tell her that everything will be all right. That I'll save her from whatever she's scared of and take her far, far away. His character name is The Man, according to IMDb. Yes, it does say that in IMDb, and I believe it's the salesman in the graphic novel, but... Yeah, it does say that, so we'll go with the man. You said the name of this vignette. I always just call it the one with Josh Hartnett. But how did you actually know the title of it? Is that just like your research into the graphic novels? It's on the synopsis in IMDb. It is on the synopsis on Wikipedia and IMDb. Also, I have read The Long Goodbye, which is the one with Marv. And yes, I just did some research um, on what they're called. He's got a lot of little vignettes, if you want to call it that. So my question is... Are each of these four vignettes a full graphic novel, or are they like chapters from a greater 
book or something. They're all combined into one graphic novel, but they're like uh, anthology issues. Yeah, like, released as different issues, right? Yeah, the one that I read was The Long Goodbye, and it was like, you know, it, it was about as thick as uh, The Killing Joke or something like that. And yeah, then they kind of just combine them. It's it's like all one big storyline. Is that called Sin City, the whole thing? Or is it called uh, something else? Let's see. Yeah, I think it's Sin City because it says a graphic novel from this, of the same name. It's called Basin City. <laughs> <laughs> the Long Goodbye, a Sin City story. Basin City? Basin. What is happening in this first vignette, though? I don't... Like, why does he kill her? He's an assassin that's hired by someone to kill that woman. He's going to cash her check in the morning. Pap? Her check? Like the check for her? Yes, it's killer talk. Like the for the hit on her? Cash the check for the hit on her? He took a check? Ah, oh, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Seems like a rookie move for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paper trail. Here, here's this money order. Take this down to the Wells Fargo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for assassinating hot blonde on rooftop. <laughs> That's a little note that you write in Venmo. Venmo? <laughs> 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 yeah, he, like he does... He does say that she was running. Uh, I believe it's just implied that, especially when you combine it with what you know at the very end, someone hired him to kill her. He's been watching her for a couple of days. She's uh, seemed like she's kind of a big wig. She's at some big party with a, probably a bunch of fake people. And he says, I'll never know what she was running from, but he's going to take the check that he made by doing this. And cash it in the morning, so. But that whole thing's just to, like, set the stage, right? Like, I'm not supposed to know why he's killing her, who she is. She doesn't really tie into no. the story later. She's not, like, Rook's girlfriend or something. Nope, I don't believe. I think it's all about the vibe, you know? Like, totally. What's going on in this world? Vibes. This is just a small piece, a speck yeah. of what's happening in this <laughs> city. Speck. I think, too, to get you accustomed to let go of this character, you're going to go on a different ride for a while. But That's Brett, point. I love the fact that we're starting with this vignette and you mentioned the end. Can we talk about the end a little bit too? You want to talk about it right now? Yeah, just as it pertains to this vignette at least. Like Yeah, go ahead. Who, go for it. Who do you th- who do you think hired him? Because I think the obvious answer is you're thinking the girls from Old Town. That's my guess, but Rosario Dawson goes out of her way to say like the girls can handle girl shit. So it makes me think Maybe they wouldn't hire the man. Like, obviously. I, I don't know. Any thoughts? I think it's just because she seems to have left town. Maybe. It didn't, didn't really say that, but that's just kind of always what I thought. She's not in Old Town, so they'll hire a man to go out and she's hunt She's got to be. I mean, I got to think she's hiding, right? I know, Corey. What do you think? You think somebody else? Or do you think it's the girls? You know, a lot of little questions come up for me when watching this movie, but I feel like I have to let them go because this mm-hmm. movie is not in the habit of answering them, nor does it necessarily want you to figure them out. Yeah. You know, it's just giving you these slices. And I, I thought there would be like some twists along the way, some things that connected this person to this person more directly than indirectly. Yeah. And I was wrong, but I kind of like what the way they doled it out. I think it was good as is. Yeah, we'll definitely get into some stuff like that. Like, I, part of me when I watched it this time, I was like, "Man, I really want to know what Dwight, what his deal was." Obviously, they tell you what he's a killer, like a serial killer that had facial surgery. You know, he probably looked like Nick Cage before that. Um, maybe John Travolta. I don't know. Hey, he's a but, serial killer. 
Uh, he's some sort of killer. He's a murderer. He said he was a killer. He's a murderer. So, like, I don't know. He murders a cop yeah. in this, but it's not so bad. No, but he was a murderer. Like, the way it all shakes down. He was a murderer before that. I take that back. He doesn't actually kill a cop. Somebody else does. But anyway. Well, I guess it, there is some information from his character. Facial reconstruction. Him at Kelly's I don't know. Oh, Gail. After he suffers horrendous injuries. I'll just say, too, like, as we go through this, I love this movie, but I'm going to, like, all the plot points we talk about, I'm going to try to answer it within the context of this movie That's only. cool, man. That sounds fun. Yeah, you're right, you're right. You know, as I was reading that, I was thinking I was thinking back of literally what Corey just said, and I, I, I agree. That's, I, won't, I won't click on those anymore, so. No, that's okay if you do. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I'm not prepared with all, like, that other stuff. Those are cool little bookends. They're about, what, two to three minutes each? Mm-hmm. I like how they end like that. They're not big and robust. But even, I say robust, but like Corey said, like, there's a lot of information, but, like, not a ton of it ties together. I mean, it does, but maybe Corey was saying it asks a lot of questions, but it doesn't answer nearly all of them. So I feel bad that Pappy, like, saw the first thing and was like, oh, should I know this? What's going on? I, <laughs> I think, like, someone said... To set the scene, this is the kind of world you're living in. Fake people, danger around every corner. Yeah, it's just a cool little welcome to Sin City. Um, let's see. Do you guys want to do the next story that they portray is a yellow bastard, but that's not finished till the end? Should we go to the hard goodbye, which is Marv? Since that's the first one that's completed? I like the hard goodbye. She was murdered and I was right here when it happened, lying next to her. Stone drunk just like she was. Damn it, Goldie. Who were you and who wanted you dead? Who were you besides an angel of mercy giving a two-time loser like me the night of his life? Well, it sure as hell wasn't my looks. So why the sleazy saloon? Why the kindness, Goldie? So, the hard goodbye, like I said, it's the only graphic novel of this one that I actually read, but I just think Marv is a really cool character. Uh... Corey, can you describe Marv a little bit for us and what's going on at the very beginning? Again, I'm not going to go through the plot really because it's just crazy, but we'll get to the big, the big highlights. Marv, man, it's it's like they they cast the perfect guy. The cool thing about this movie and it its style is that you can see the way it's illustrated on the page without ever having looked at the comic, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what Marv looks like on the page, right? Yeah, Mickey Rourke, from what I can tell, perfect casting for that. Best he's got the great yeah. voice. He's got the great physique, and he's got the great fucking demeanor. This is the bruiser. This guy is insane. He's like it's a tank. I was thinking he's like Bullet Tooth Tony times like ten. Yeah, like to an extreme fucking degree, like the American ridiculous version of Bullet Tooth Tony. But then it occurred to me later, this dude is Wolverine. Yeah. This character is exactly Wolverine in a certain era of Wolverine comics, which is like like the 2002 to 2007-ish era. Really perfect. I love this fucking dude. He's just like an insane lunatic, but he's not like evil. He kind of has his own like moral code that he follows, and he has a very specific case that he's following. And he's really good at what he does, which is fucking people up. But he also, like you said, he has a moral code, but... He almost comes off as someone that he's not just some blind killer who will kill anybody who gets in his way. He's not like someone you could you couldn't sit down with. Him. I mean, I wouldn't want to because I'm terrified. I would be terrified. But 
he like kills people when he feels like they're connected to, to something that's wronged him, which is what this whole story is about. Yeah, he has like a righteous cause as far as he's concerned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he said it himself. Like he he couldn't even pay hookers to sleep with them because they're too scared of him. No, literally, no, none of them would ever get close enough to just anything. And that's how this one starts. He's with someone named Goldie. He said she's beautiful. She's nice to him. She's treated him like a human being for the first time, not some man animal or whatever they're called in Battlefield Earth. Thank you. <laughs> she treated him like a person. Now you find out, yeah, she was using him for her benefit, but even when he found that out, do you think he cared? No, he loved it. It made him feel like like it's possible for him to be loved. And Can I ask a question, though, about this guy? Do you guys feel like his whole shtick about he couldn't even pay a hooker or whatever is a bunch of bullshit? This is Sin City. Right. The city is wrought with weirdos. I think this guy's got some insecurity issues. There's some psychology going on. Doesn't Dwight say that? Like, had he lived in like a time where he could have showed off his violent tendencies, that he would have been had women thrown at him. You know what I mean? I feel like Sin yeah. City would be that kind of place. You know what I mean? That's what. That's why Goldie seeks him out. I'm just calling him out a little bit. That's a little weak. Like, I'm violent because women don't love me, and it's like, well. You're just not really trying. Incel. He's a good-looking boy. I want you to tell me somebody else in this story who looks like him. Got that Cro-Magnon forehead. <laughs> like, who, who's like, Corey said, he's a freaking bruiser. He's humongous. He's built like a Mack truck. You know how there's a couple points in this movie where there's, like, a couple of guys talking, talking about a car, or that guy that gets oh shot God. in the face with an arrow? <laughs> Women would ha- rather have Mickey Rourke in this movie than any of those four guys. Uh, one of those guys is Nick Offerman, dude. Yeah, but he's too dumb. Really? Which one? <laughs> the blonde guy with the bleach blonde hair. I actually did not know that. <laughs> Clump or something like that? Isn't that his name? Schlub. Schlub, Schlub yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is awesome. Bert Schlub. Briefest indulgement in automotive pleasure. For cheap thrills. Such short-lived durability, Mr. Schlub. You would risk engendering ill will. Yeah, that's pretty funny though. That guy with the gets the arrow, like that's like, oh, that's like, you used the word shtick a few minutes ago. That's like shtick in the middle of a really dark movie. And I don't know. I thought it fit. I thought it was funny. So really weird that they would do that because he's like talking about it, and then even when he gets hit in the head, he's like, yeesh. <laughs> which I'm guessing is something he wrote in the graphic novel a bunch. I didn't look into that. I meant to. He's like spiking the camera, looking directly into the lens yeah. when he says that too. It's like a Lucille Ball. Like I love Lucy looking at the camera for sure. It's like, yeah, there we go. Ay ay Um. So yeah, we got that with Marv. Goldie. He wakes up and Goldie's dead. And Josh, I'm pretty. I feel like I remember you really liking Kevin's design and character and. Not liking, but can you just like describe him real quick? Because you get to see him kind of. Yes. Josh identifies as Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> he likes everything about this guy. Kevin's middle name is actually Jafar. So um, it's definitely jo- right up Josh's alley. For every like pound that Mickey Rourke has in bulk and Wolverine-ness, like Corey mm-hmm. says, Kevin is just a little guy. He's a little farm boy. 
Um, he kind of looks like Rivers Cuomo. He kind of looks like Daniel Ratcliffe. He kind of looks like Elijah Wood with a little nerdy haircut yeah. with glasses. <laughs> and he kicks the shit out of people. He has these like little steel nails, which almost reminds me of a Wolverine thing too, Corey. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and Very comic book e this movie obviously right direct adaptation but yeah there's so much like comic book stuff yes he also has his own like superpowers of being super sneaky and fast but i think what ultimately fascinated me the most about this character and we can get into it here a little more brett but there's like this religious uh Mm -hmm. side where he is eating souls and he sees the light and talks to God and stuff and um, that goes all the way up the flagpole all the way to the top of power in the Sin City and that's where that's where this character is trying to kill his way up to anyway isn't it? Yep for sure Um, first of all side note Mikey you gotta love the fact that there's another movie with Rutger Hauer where somebody sticks something in the barrel and the gun malfunctions (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. What is the first movie? Surviving the Game. Your new favorite movie, Surviving the Game. Oh, Surviving the Game. Should have checked that barrel. <laughs> He's an idiot. <laughs> Falling for the same trick twice. But yeah, obviously, Rucker Hauer wasn't involved in that, but he's the bad guy in both of those movies. Yeah, we were talking about Kevin. So, just a couple quick things. Marv is trying to find out who killed Goldie, why he was framed, because right when this happens, the cherries and berries pull up. He realizes he was set up. There's literally no one else who could know about this. So, he beats the bejesus out of all these police officers. I love when he he's like, I'll be right out, and then he busts through the door, and all the cops go freaking flying. I think that looks so funny. And he escapes... By driving his car into the water and then he swims into a sewer drain like the freaking turtles. Brett, I have to ask this question of Pap because I have this note where this movie could have been maybe mistaken as like a noir or even a mystery or something. But Pappy, this is your first time watching it Hmm. when Mickey Rourke jumps down the steps and he clearly has superhuman (laughs) abilities. Like what's your reaction here? I mean, like Corey mentioned earlier, it's it's such a comic book movie in so many ways. Um, not only that, like when he jumps down the stairs, but later when he gets when he's getting hit um, by Goldie's twin sister in the car, uh, Marv does like five somersaults in the air. Mm-hmm. He does like a nine eighty in the air every time he's like hit <laughs> by a car. Like it's like there's he's insanely strong. And and honestly, I I was thinking about this, and I think I put it in my letterbox review, but like. We've done two Frank Miller adaptations, right, on this podcast. This and, this and 300. 300. 300. This has such a better, like, sense of humor and fun compared to 300, right? Like, for me, Josh, it makes it, like, way more watchable. You know what I mean? Like, even, like, when Clive Owen's flying through the air and he's got his, like, red uh, Chuck Taylors, you know? He's kind of, like, I love pushing that. the air <laughs> with his hands or, like, when... Um, Oh, what's her name? The girl with the swords, Miho. 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 Yuki. Gitsuki. <laughs> gets hit by the grenade and just flies away. Like that shit's cool. I mm-hmm. love that shit in this. I, I think it's awesome. 
you guys are like more into the film aspects, but I love when they would do like when Clive Owen's going down the tar pits and he's, is he black and the, the tar is white or is it the other way around? It's so cool looking to me. Or when like the white blood, which I read that they had a really hard time doing. I just, I really love, I love all the colors. Don't get me wrong. But I love when it's like black, white. Brett, when he's going into the tar pit, yes, that's an amazing cinematography. I love that so much. It's just like two colors on the screen. I don't know. I think this is that's that's really like Robert Rodriguez hitting his stride. I feel like, yeah. it, and the fact it's it's not overdone. It's quick too. It's subtle and good. I like the uh, high contrast on all of his bandages on Mars mm-hmm. bandages when he's like in the bathroom. And it's just like pure white. It looks right out of a comic book. It's really cool. Yeah, I think of all the cool things that are in this movie, the one thing that always stuck with me was just how cool it looked. I mean, I would say Alexis Blydell. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name. She's known for having green eyes. So, you know, her eyes are green. And it's a really stark contrast to everything around her. I think there's another one where someone's got blue eyes. And it's just... I just think it's also incredibly done. I don't know how much I know Robert Rodriguez is really involved in his movies, but like how much of that is he doing? Is he doing all that stuff or is it like just his vision and the people put like create it? I mean, he's got to hire a lot of editors and CGI artists to be able to carry that out. But, but he is the cinematographer on this movie as well. I said shot and cut. I think he also scored it. I thought you were specifically asking about like the color swaths. I, I guess I, I my bad. I, I kind of like talked about one little decision, like the eye colors, but then I just kind of went into the broad, like macro of yeah. just everything looks so amazing. How much is that just his vision, or is he like somebody said? You said he did the cinematography, and I think someone said he cut it all or whatever. So. It's just impressive. Like Marv's blood on his face is red, but most of the other blood in the movie is white. And I think that was just like a decision of necessity. I was listening to a commentary and that's what I think um, Robert Rodriguez says. I just looked too weird to have white blood and his bandages on his face. But I think those splashes of color do add a lot. Oh, yeah. Right. Like there's a couple of times like the, the pill bottles in color um, when they go. In, what's the name of that bar? That he goes into. That's um, one of the four practical sets. Um, the rest is green screen, which again, I think Katie's. Katie sounds right. Yeah, it's, but that's all in color, which is weird, but I like it. Like, I don't know why that part's in color, but it kind of helps. Brett, rewinding bar, yeah. all the way back, you were trying to bring us through the plot here a little bit, and you said he. Wh- whose house does he end up at? What's her name? Lucille. Yeah. You can get into it, but I just wanted to say another classic line here from him, Marv, when he's like, there's no going back. These are the old days, the bad days, the all for nothing days. We always used to like say shit like that to each other. Yeah, and I well, I'm sure that. we did. That sounds right. <laughs> so quotable. <laughs> How the hell do you suppose I'm going to square this with the board? <laughs> there ain't no squaring it. Not this time. This isn't some barroom brawl or some creep with a Gas can trying to torch someone. Oh, hey, hey, this is big. Settle down, Marv. Take another pill. Hey, there ain't no settling down. This is blood for blood and part of gallons. This is the old days and the bad days, the all or nothing days. They're back. There's no choices left. And I'm ready for war. 
it all came back to me. Like, I swear we watched this movie probably, I'm not saying it was like, you know, one of the ones we watched the most, but we like, for like a span of six months, I feel like we were watching this movie a lot. It was cool to get uh, less than sober to and watch. This was really cool. Uh, we hadn't seen anything. I mean, I've never seen like a Scanner Darkly. Was that before this? Is that anything remotely like this? Scanner Darkly? That's a pretty cool movie. Uh, super stylized and it's like rotoscope. The whole thing is like rotoscoped. Is that Robert Rodriguez too? Uh, no, that's, I, I don't know who did that one. There's a lot of people in that as well. It's like an ensemble cast, but yeah, that's a very stylized movie as well. Just real quick, while Brittany's out in the hot tub, which we just got a hot tub and she's like super pumped. And I've said this to her before, but just as a really side note, I don't know if there's ever been someone who's more gorgeous and sexier on a screen in a movie ever than Jessica Alba is in this movie. That's just my uh, opinion. I thought you were going to say Brittany Murphy. Come on, man. No. You're going to say Carla Gugino. I guess a yellow bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't think... I don't think it get, I just think that's that's unreal. She's like 22, 23 there. Also, as what I was hinting at earlier, in the graphic novel, she's topless like the entire movie. So it would have been cool if he would have gone that way, but I don't think he would have gotten Jessica Alba if that was the case. But I just wanted to throw that out there. And yes, I said earlier, Carla Gugino or whatever, I think she's just drop-dead gorgeous and she's a gorgeous movie. Hey, I... If Brittany Murphy's your type, or if Yellow Bastard's your type, Pap, um, <laughs> Pap, then you know, hey, I'm not going to judge you. I want to see what that weird dick's about. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Let's see it. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys think Robert Rodriguez like a lot of like m- movie making magic is about making violence uh, grittier, bloodier, violenter? Cool. But here he's like. He's like making women hotter or something. Is that like an art he's pulling off for you guys? I think he, I mean, I think they're all gorgeous women anyway, but I, I agree with you. He's sexing up the sexy or something. Oh, yeah. Damn him. I know. Makes- <laughs> he's canceled. <laughs> that feels pretty comic booky as well, though. Like, if you look at like the X Men, like the female roster is all like oh, super gosh. fucking smoking hot. Look at the, at least snap- the animated The form, pictures you know? on Snap, Corey. It's like Rogue. insane. God damn. Yeah, no. Titania. Yeah, the snap. <laughs> titania. Those snap variants, bro. Dear God, the Titania. She's wearing eighty percent of her cleavage is showing. It's it's a miracle that there's no nipples. There's showing. a white queen variant that could be like a hustler cover. <laughs> I'm gonna need you guys to take some screenshots and let me verify yeah. these. What's funny is Mikey was like the one that I feel like got us all in the snap, and then he immediately is like. Yeah, I don't play Snap anymore. I'm like really interested in insert game. And now Corey, did you see Josh he left the group officially? Yeah, he literally left yeah. the group. He, <laughs> he actually it. left the group. I got them all addicted to the hentai known as Marvel Snap. <laughs> They've wasted so much money on it. I, my wife and I literally thirty five percent of the conversations we have are about being ticked off about what we get in the cash. Um, Oh, great. Another variant. Oh, cool credits. Oh, I mean, it's like we won our freaking cards. You guys are still playing like every day? Oh, God, yeah. I play every day. Shit. All of you guys? Yes. I got to finish my dailies. Yeah, you better finish your dailies. You got a couple hours. I got holy the uh, titanium. D- okay. <laughs> well, holy gee. This is like our fourth <laughs> or fifth season I've played. I'm sorry, Pap. I, we know the fans. Hey, we know the fans love 
our snap references. Was that Brett? Was that Derps? The chat. The chat. It's gonna sound extra funny like six months from now too when this comes out. You got Titania up in there? Yeah, that's a cool card. Oh, that's Titania. <laughs> that's Titmania. Yep. It's no coincidence <laughs> that the first three letters of her name. All right, sorry. I'll try to get us back on the rails between the here. cruel intentions posters and Titania. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of boobage right now. There's a lot yeah. of boobage on the screen. I think you're right, Josh. This movie did sex up the sexy. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. God, I saw it worked. Okay. <laughs> so, <sighs> trying to think. He goes to Lucille's house, and then is this is this about when he gets run over by uh, Goldie Two? Wendy. Yeah, Wendy. Who's her identical twin? Like uh, someone was bringing up brother. Was it UPAP where he gets hit and does like a an eight forty or whatever? Just like. Just getting blasted, but he's pretty much invulnerable. So, mm-hmm. is this a fast food joke? What? If you like best case scenario fast food, you get McDonald's golden arches. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. if that's been Wendy's? obliterated, yeah, you have to get oh, Wendy's. Geez. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> like, it's like, ugh, okay, I guess I have to eat something today. And the third sister, Popeyes. Wendy's is superior. <laughs> Wait, who's yeah. the third Wendy's sister? Wendy's isn't superior anymore. <laughs> I feel like it's gone downhill. Anyway, she gets... No, Pap, who's the third sister? I said Popeyes. Pop- Popeyes, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so Wendy and her cousin Arby, they're running over Mars. And then... Can I, can I say, too, this is about absolutely. when Josh called me to try and get plans back on track. And I was like, uh, yeah, maybe I'm going to see this movie. But then I was like, by the way, Josh... Is this like a bunch of different little stories in this movie? Because I was so confused at this point. Oh, I'm like, wait, yeah. Wendy's back? I, I didn't like, I don't know. I, I wasn't like following it at this point. I was like, I feel like I've seen three different little stories. I have no idea how these are connected. Well, they try to throw you off because he's like, oh, I, I don't take my medicine. I I must be blah, blah, blah. So, uh, which he wastes a lot of medicine. He drops about half that bottle in his car. But anyway, he ends up getting with Wendy. Actually, one of my favorite scenes in this movie, they have him tied up in, in Old Town, and they're beating the crap out of him, and then they finally convinces them that he didn't kill him, and he's like, oh, okay, and then he's like, basically, I gotta go, and he like, takes all the ropes they had him tied off on, and they're, all the this cracks me up for some reason. Um, they tied him up really good. I mean, they're strip, they're hookers, so uh, they know ropes, you know, they know how to tie it, but... You know how when... When you're like making a movie or taking on a huge creative endeavor, everyone's like, "What's the point? Like, what it? What do you have to say, Robert Rodriguez?" And I feel like he has to. He has something to say about like women getting hit. It keeps coming up in this movie. Every story has like a different take on it. Whether it's Clive Owen slapping someone so they'll shut up, or no, that's what Marv does in this one. In Clive Owen's thing, there's like that's rot with domestic. I don't know, like why? Uh, that's maybe one thing that hasn't aged as well for me, Brett. I'm sorry to say. I was gonna say it's like a dying artifact. Like you'll never see a movie where someone like Clive Owen punches a girl and then they start kissing right away, right? Like that's somehow like kind of like a turn on for her. Like I'm not, I'm not even like saying any judgment on this, but they would just never make that. He knows that she's into that, but yeah, no, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I- I'm just saying, like, it's, like it's, because of the criticism alone, they wouldn't do that. And I think, like, doesn't Marv punch Wendy 
for like her own good. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, I don't want you to see this mm. type thing. Like they would never do that now. Oh man, I hate it when guys punch broads. <laughs> I never liked that. Yeah. But just for their own good. Because they don't get spooky dreams. I know what you mean, though, Pappy. It's like people don't even want to have the conversation. It's like, I just don't want to have this annoying conversation with right. people that are going to bitch. So let's just not do it. Like, mm-hmm. even if they feel that it's justified in a movie, I feel like they, they might second guess and be like, eh, I don't know. Do we want to have this talk with people? They're not going to fucking listen to us, you know? I feel like they would look at it as like a liability. Like, oh, people are going to just dismiss this movie out of hand if we have Clive Owen do this. Let's just well, cut that little that's bit. That's their like problem. Like it'll become then. the headline no, or well, something. I'm saying if you're like, but if you're the producer, then it's your problem if you're losing money. You know what uh, I mean? I'm saying did, it's like they a dollars it? and cents. Did they pay thing. for the movie? Well, probably. You know, that, probably that, right. That's their problem. Yeah. I Remember, this is a fake world. This is not a good world. This is a bad city with bad people. Clive Owen. You're telling me this ain't real? This is Basin City. It's not real. You can't shoot Bruce Willis 20 <laughs> times and he'll still live? That is wild. Bruce Willis is a bad ticker, too, and he gets shot a thousand times. Marv is the one that takes the most damage, though, for oh, sure. Yeah. He has so much HP. Marv has an adamantium skeleton. Oh, the yellow guy gets his dick ripped yeah, off. Yeah, but he dies. He takes the most damage. <laughs> <laughs> adamantium skeleton, is that what you said, Corey? Marv, yeah. Yeah. But it also just occurred to me that Marv is chasing after a guy named Kevin. And that's Ooh. some serious Home Alone vibes right there. <laughs> it also, is. Great call. Yeah, but he's also Mickey Rourke, and he's chasing after a character named Rourke. Oh, shit. Spelled differently, but... Yeah. And his name's Mickey. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. I, had a, I was going to make a mouse reference, but I don't know any mice. So, okay, let's move <laughs> I on. I don't know any mice. I don't know any mice. <laughs> I don't know any mice personally. I know of them. Ratatouille. I've seen that terrible movie that Stevie loves. Uh, Mouse Hunt. Mouse Hunt. Stuart Little. Steamboat Willie. There's a lot of great mice. You're right. There are. I, just, I don't know them personally. So let's try to get back on the rails real quick, finish out this long goodbye, and then we could just kind of move on. So he he goes with Wendy. They figure out that they're going to the farm. They I think all three stories end up in the farm or close to the farm at some point. And this is where he gets ambushed by Kevin, and it's a really cool fight scene. I always thought it was really, really cool. And then it, Kevin, like Josh Cesar, just kicks the bejesus out of Marv. And it's a really cool thing where... He's got really good hearing. He's got really good eyesight, everything. And he he doesn't hear anybody. He's, he's completely at ease. And then Kevin sneaks up on him. He's like, oh, my God, no one sneaks up on me. So it's just Kevin's just like a really good assassin. And he ties him up or he doesn't tie him up. He puts him down the cellar. And that's where you get the famous. They made me watch um, with Carla. Does anybody know how to pronounce her name? Cugino? Aguagino. What's the lore here? And if you need you to mean? look up the comic or whatever, that's fine. But at least from the movie, what do you guys get? Like, he's involved in a cannibalistic ritual, so he'll, like, eat these people, and he gets into an ecstatic state when he does it? Yeah, what's the symbology here? Mm-hmm. Uh, I see God when he does it. And he's a great singer. <laughs> 
He really rounds out the choir. Yeah, the voice of an angel. Beautiful voice, yeah. I don't know, Josh. Um, I think he's an obvious like psychopath who only comes out of a shell when he met Cardinal, who brought out the worst in him. What what but what the Cardinal would think would be the best in him. Did you guys see the deleted scene where he does talk though, so you hear his voice? Uh uh-uh, no, I haven't. No. Like, Woo hee Really? <laughs> No, I just, thought, I just thought, yeah, wouldn't that be funny, though? <laughs> <laughs> here's what, okay, here's what I don't understand, though. You're talking about, like, what's the lore here? He has the basement on the farm, and he's got the heads of the five different, like, prostitutes he had killed in the past. Did Goldie break free or something? Like, did she escape the farm? Like, why This makes are they, no sense. Why are they chasing Goldie? Yeah, I don't know. I don't get that part. Kevin killed Goldie just so there's a, a guy who's been accused of killing all the prostitutes, I think, is what they're just setting him up. So they let Goldie go? Like, they let her, and they knew he would. she would do that? Like, find the biggest, baddest dude for protection? Oh. People are picking, the prostitutes are never vulnerable, but they're getting picked one by one. So one of them left? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question that I don't have the answer for that's a good question because like i said earlier all the ones that he kills he wants to do this cannibalistic ritual and like eat and see god or whatever so like the fact that the first thing we see him do as a moviegoer is like a really stealthy poisoning or something kind of throws that whole thing off a little bit well i just don't understand too why goldie would run to this random bar there's a whole district of town that's underneath her and her twin sister and her friend's control. You know what I mean? Like military weapons control. Like, why would she not run there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Good point. Just kind of trying to look it up, even though we kind of said we wouldn't do that. She worked the clergy. I will say that's a very, like, nitpicky complaint. And Sin City does a great job of establishing, like, Basin City lore as a place. You know what I mean? The farm... And the tar pits in Old Town. I, I don't know. The, the way that they like revisit the locations periodically through the story and you get more and more familiar with them. Even just like the first time seeing it, it's like you kind of like get a sense of, oh, that's where Old Town is down there. But like, I think you might have just said this, but like, does it bother you that you don't have the answers or is it like kind of what Corey said? Did you just answer that? Um, I don't know if it bothers me that you don't know. That one does bother me, though, because it's like it's supposed to be a murder mystery where you're like figuring out a means to an end and it doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't pay off. Yeah, but he also kind of figures it out in about six and a half minutes. So it's not much of a murder mystery. There's stuff that I do want to know more about, like, why is he doing all of this crazy cannibalistic stuff? Yeah. Is it all just for singing? Like, what is (laughs) what? What's the uh, Cardinal getting out of it? A, a sick ass choir. That's pretty weird, <laughs> dude. Woody Goldberg to bring the but, best out of him. Somebody got that joke. It's this track too. I don't know. I I like the the culty aspect that's not being explained more. Yeah, I mean, she might. There might be other information in other graphic novels that feed into it. I don't really know. So it's just weird because it's like this Cardinal Rourke and Kevin presumably Kevin. trap humans cut off a limb and start eating it and s- then they start communing with god but like how does that conversation go like oh you guys are down to the kneecap huh 
Nice. So anyway, let's talk about some real issues. What song are we singing <laughs> next Sunday? <laughs> Kevin, what solo do you want? <laughs> Bring the heat, baby. We need you. Pass the salt and pepper, please. Like, I, I just don't. The mind boggles at how this whole thing could play out and how any like good loving God would be like, yes, I'm so glad you killed and cannibalized someone so we can speak. Great. This is good. When he came to me, he was a tormented boy. Tormented by guilt. I tried to counsel him. But the eating, it filled him with white light. Tearful, he swore to me that he felt the touch of God Almighty. What the hell do you know? I know it's pretty damn weird, these people. I was listening to the commentary with Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez, and Robert Rodriguez was like, it was great to have Frank on set, but we didn't, and it was like both of them there. He's like, it was great to have Frank on set, but you didn't give us a lot of answers, Frank. Like, he asked, why are there dinosaurs by the tar pit? And Frank Miller goes, because it looks sweet. <laughs> and he's like, it does look sweet. Enough. So I don't know. Like, I think some of it is just, it looks cool. And it does. I'm not asking those questions while I'm watching the movie because there's too many other mysteries and things to figure out, right? Mm-hmm. Did you guys catch uh, Frank Miller actually in the movie? Yeah, the priest. Yeah, it's... Padre. Yeah, he's the yeah. priest. Best Frank Miller cameo since RoboCop 2. The one that gets shot? Or the Cardinal? Yeah. Oh, okay. The Cardinal is Rutger Hauer from oh, right, right, right. Blade Runner and more more well-known for surviving the game. <laughs> <laughs> Pappy, what do you think? Neo-noir movies featuring Rutger Hauer, good or bad? <laughs> uh, mostly boring. No, I don't know. This movie is mm. definitely not boring. This movie is not boring at all. No, it's not. All right, not. so let's... Okay, that is an elephant in the room for me, at least, is Pappy is... He's not like a hater, but he's made it known before that he doesn't like. Is it just noir, neo noir? Because no, listen, this movie I, has the, the the dialogue is very noiry too. Foo. Mm-hmm. And Michael Madsen, like, if you didn't know that that was noir, you'd be like, dear God, Michael Madsen cannot act because he is just no. Dude, he is. I I think he's rough in this movie. What are you talking about? I, think, I love. I, I think him. everyone's good. But him in the first part. Holy shit. I like Michael Madsen. I know he's trying to do the whole noir thing, which is the, the theme for some of these storylines. But I just felt like, man, he is out of his depth. Damn it, Hardigan. I won't let you do this. You're going to get yourself killed. You're going to get us both killed. I won't let you. I'm warning you. I got my coat, Bob. You're dragging me down with you. I'm your partner. They can kill me, too. I ain't putting up with that. I'm getting on the horn and calling for backup. Mikey, are you with me here? I actually had a note that I thought he stood out. I thought he was good. Yeah, I feel like this is the kind of stuff he's made for. Like, this is what he's cast for. We need a tiebreaker, Corey. No, Madsen ain't working in this one, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought what? He's so weird. I thought the last part where they're driving in the car, he was much better. But he's kind of like, oh, Yellow Bastard's got the upper hand here. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his cadence is so weird. It's, it's very yeah. weird. And again, it's not like it's like when Brittany Murphy does it, it, it fits because she's obviously trying to be like the Southern 
Belle in a, a neo-noir film from like the 40s or whatever. You fool. I thought Michael Madsen stole the scene from Bruce Willis <laughs> in those scenes when they spoke. And that's made cool, it seem that's like cool. he was doing it better. I mean, he was doing it better than Bruce, too. Like, no. much respect to Bruce and his condition. And Corey's already spelled that out. But Michael Madsen, well done. Sorry, Pat. Go ahead. About the noir. You, you never... Go ahead, I cut you off to bring up. Yeah, I don't know. All I've said in the past was that sometimes noirs can be boring. And I think if we're yeah. all being honest, Steve, not Stevie, Steve from Big Dumb Movie, we can all agree with that. I know he's not listening. You already won the debate. What are you getting at here, bro? But like, think about all, all this movie does to be not boring. It's got like three mini stories, kind of four, if you count the first one. It's super stylish. It's got over-the-top action violence. and violence at times very yeah. over the top all around this movie is action packed oh god yeah that's like a big difference i think between like another neo noir something you're going to compare it to like blade runner this movie is fucking action packed you can't be bored with all this crazy shit going on mm-hmm. you can be disgusted you can be turned off by it you can be repulsed sure but it ain't boring actually you know what i'm really glad that this is gonna sound like sarcasm i promise it's not I, you know, I don't like to really go through plots. I, I do like revert back to that sometimes, but I'm really glad that we're like having such a hard time getting through even the first plot of the first one. I like this wider story talking about it so much more. So I'm not going to like try to get us back on track plot wise. I'm just saying I, I love how this is going. So because we're an hour in and we. Haven't gotten to any of the last two big ones, but we can't say any of it because we've been talking about all of it. So the one thing I was also just like last thing on the Marv one too, his is a storyline that really takes it all the way to the top, right? Like it's like the first real story, and in it he kills the most powerful person in Sin City. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's you it, would think that would be the last one. Yeah, right? like, like build to that, but. They even say that the senator, who you'd think would be more powerful, he's like a patsy compared to the cardinal. And 30 minutes into the movie, he's dead. I remember when that storyline was over, I, we paused it because we were talking or something happened. And I was like, wait, isn't, I was like, there's an hour and 23 minutes left? It might have been an hour and 13. I just like was like, holy crap. So yeah, it's it's kind of cool. And this is, is this also the last story to happen like chronologically? Because we see Marv later. Yeah, and Kevin's still alive. Uh, let's see. Who's in the middle one? Clive Owen. Is that the night when Bruce gets in the bar? Is that the night that Clive's there, or is it just a normal? Because you see Marv. So yeah, it might be the last one. I don't remember the order of the comics in the the graphic novel. Uh, Big Fat Kill, Dame to Kill For. No, that's not it. But yeah, Family Values. And then that yellow bastard. So I think all that's important to know is that the girl with the blue eyes gets killed by Josh Hartnett. And that is yeah. probably the last chronological thing to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I bet if you look yeah, I would think so. his first assassination, everything happens like between that. It's all just like a Tuesday for Sin City. Yeah. Great. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me it was a Tuesday. Ah, jerks. They should have shot me in the head, and enough times to make sure. It's so stupid. Everybody knows what's coming, but they go through the motions anyway. What a waste of time. 
months fall off the calendar while I breathe and eat through tubes. Night after night, I wait for somebody to come and finish me off. After a while, I realize it's not going to be so easy as that. So Marv, he gets his kill. He gets his ultimate revenge, right, against this religious figurehead. But he gets taken in by the cops, but not just taken in, right? In classic Sin City fashion, he gets (laughs) shot a million times and lives, right? And I really like the way we see that kind of unfold. He gets shot a bunch of times, and then, like, doctors are just, like, operating on him, operating on him. And then it's like, finally, after months of being in the hospital, there's no way he'd ever survive that, but fine. After months of being in the hospital, the cops are just beating the ever-loving shit out of him. So he's basically just like, after getting his revenge, after kind of like completing the case, the the short remainder of his life is absolutely miserable. Mm -hmm. It's just beatings, then prison. No visitors. And then they put his ass in the goddamn electric chair. He must be in Texas. They bring him back to health <laughs> so they can beat him to shit so that yeah. he can yeah. get back to health so that they can put him to death. It's yeah, insane. I don't understand why they did that. Well, they want him to suffer. I mean, they shot him 40 fucking times. I, I, why didn't you just pop him in the head? That's what he uh, wanted. But he's also been shot in the head a couple times, hasn't he, and lived? He does say, I wish they would have shot me in the head, but... He lives through that all the time. Do you want me to take us to the very end then, Brett? I got a good segue to the end here. Go ahead. For his troubles in helping track down Goldie's rightful killers, he's sentenced to death from all this. And Goldie's dead, so his last meal, he has to settle for Wendy's. Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I know you like that, Brett. Hey now, hey now. Yeah. But the big the big setup is, and I think a huge thing we've always remembered from this movie, Brett, is that they put him in the electric chair, they pull the trigger, he gets shocked, doesn't kill him, he just like kind of laughs at him and spits, and they have to shock him more to death. And like, it's a great death for this. He tortures people. He's a pretty terrible person sometimes, oh, yeah. but like you love him. He's like a teddy bear by the end of it, getting in the electric chair. And unfortunately, to make matters worse, and he does feel bad about this, but he's about to be dead, but he gets blamed for all the murders, even Lucille. Um, mm-hmm. He was kind of ticked about that, but that's what you get for killing the most powerful person in the state. So Worth it. Totally worth it. Bang that hooker Goldie or whatever. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Do you guys like the Terminator eye going out? To show that he died? or Oh, to the heart bed or whatever? Is that what it was? I'm trying to think. They show his eye... He's got the red dot in it. That's yeah. the DMT kicking in, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's his, <laughs> his cerebral cortex flooding with <laughs> DMT. Hey, Pap, can you yeah. can you uh, maybe get us started on the next one, which is called The Big Fat Kill? Talk about maybe Shelly and Jackie Boy and Dwight, just kind of like the beginning at the apartment. Yeah. So there's no like title card or anything in between. Nope. These little vignettes. You can kind of tell when it's done, like what Josh said with like the DMT trippings of Marv, but it just got, then I think just fades in to this next story. You got Benicio del Toro as Jackie Boy, who is insanely drunk. Mikey, I love Benicio del Toro in this movie. I love the way he like talks yeah. and stuff. Uh, do you like him too, Mikey? His prosthetics too. Uh, yeah, I was trying to, like, 
the prosthetics tripped me up a bit because I was like, is that what right. ECO? Because I, I couldn't really tell. His nose and chin are very, very prosthetic y. Yeah, there's some angles where you can tell that it's him. But yeah, I was pretty crazy how different he looks. Uh, yeah, he's a scumbag. He's like the greasiest guy in the movie almost. He's like just a, a, a really bad abuser and. We find out later that he's a dirty cop. He's like a piece of shit. I just love the way he talks, though. No, you, you. It's, like, it's so funny. He's already cool know. talking, but yeah, it's like really slow and deep and gravelly. It's like really, really cool. None of these bozos got lives. They gotta hang out with you. You're gonna love this, baby. You're gonna call up some of your friends who work in the saloon with you and the bunch of us. We're gonna hit every joint in town. It's just gonna be great. I ain't calling up nobody. Then who plays the waitress? Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy, that's Corey's girl. He's like so freaky because you meet him and he's like, like Mikey's saying, the scummiest person. You wouldn't yeah. want to be within 50 feet of this guy. He hits women. He has like a crew of the grossest looking human <laughs> beings around. He's sweaty. He's sweaty. <laughs> he like... He just has this like weird way with people too, where like every conversation he's in, especially if it's a woman, turns into like a weird proposition at some point. But then there's this turn where you realize he's like also to the public a hero cop, not just any cop, but like kind of oh, right, right. he's like untouchable, and it's just like makes you want to puke in your mouth. He's like in the stage of his career where he's just like greasing it up. You hate to see it, guys. Yeah. He's covered in pap grease. Yeah, for sure. That's the meat lover's pizza leaving a movie, Pappy, <laughs> right there. <laughs> so, Josh, Pappy set the scene. Why don't you like, kind of finish the scene that leads with him jumping out of the window? I think there's a scene here in this apartment, Brittany Murphy's apartment, that you could break down for the blocking because there's some interesting stuff going on with kind of like Brittany Murphy talking to the side with Clive Owen on the inside and like Clive Owen sneaking around the apartment and then like being on the windowsill even further on the outside. I get the feeling there's some really cool seat like panels in the graphic novel that allude to all these scenes because it just looks really cool. But anyway, mm -hmm. like basically when Mar or it's not Marv. What is Benicio de Toro's character's name? Jackie, Officer Jackie. Jackie. When Jackie it's Boy just it's Detective Lieutenant <laughs> Rafferty, but Jackie Boy needs to take a pee in the middle of the pod, and he goes over <laughs> to the bathroom, and Clive Owen is like hiding in the shower. He puts a knife to his throat, and he's he's got a pretty cool line here. Something about how like I'm the new boyfriend, and I'm out of my mind. I will slit your throat. Get the hell out of here. And then he nearly drowns him in his own piss. I'm Shelly's new boyfriend that I'm out of my mind. You ever so much as talk to Shelly again. You even think her name. And I'll cut you in ways that'll make you useless to a woman. You're making a big mistake, man. A big mistake. Yeah? You already made a big mistake yourself. You didn't flush. Yeah, it's good. 
I want to say that that moment is my f- single favorite moment of cinematography <laughs> or like visual aesthetic in the movie as a whole. This movie has a lot of cool visuals. But Benicio del Toro's <laughs> face in the toilet looks fucking insane. And his mouth is so cool. Yeah. I like how he says you didn't flush right before all this happens. But, but let's be honest, that's only the second grossest toilet we see. Oh yeah, Marv puts some dude's head in the toilet and there's like shit logs in there. Big ones. <laughs> It's like poetry, it rhymes. That's a great part, though. He goes, he'll never talk. Then they literally show him driving and dragging the guy's face on the ground. Then he goes, he talked. That is freaking awesome. There's a couple recurring things in this movie. One of them's a head in a toilet, and another one is genital mutilation. Oh, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. what I said to Brittany. I said, man, they're shooting a lot of dick and balls off. I think they say, like, take away his weapon. Too, right? Don't they call it a weapon? Yeah, what's that Bruce Willis says? I took away his weapon, both of them. But like, yeah. Marv shoots somebody in the balls of that first assassin. He's like, oh, I guess I aimed too high. But yeah, that's there's there's, quite, that's a theme, I would say. The toilet scene we're at, though. Clive Owen nearly drowns Jackie Boy here, but he lets him go and he jumps out of the apartment window. Brittany Murphy tries to reason with him, and this is probably one of the best parts of the movie this is so corny but i love it there's this whole thing in the movie where she yells down at him as he's jumping away to go chase after this lunatic so he doesn't hurt anybody else she's like stop but later he realized she's actually saying it's a cop (laughs) so (laughs) the way i said it doesn't do the movie any justice (laughs) obviously but like i really like that guys it's cool well it's hard to hear when you're falling at the speed of gravity 30 (laughs) flights down straight on the pavement you might miss some things he's got converse on he's got chuck taylor's on He's fine. <laughs> so he's got absolutely zero padding in his shoes. <laughs> his ankles are fucking toast. He broke physics and he rolled both his ankles outwards. <laughs> this man's going to have the hardest sprain you're ever going to see. But yeah, so he cuts out because all of a sudden he could have killed him in the bathroom, but then he decides, wait, I got to kill him. He's a bad guy. So uh, he starts following him and then Mikey, why don't you go ahead and explain to us real quick. We'll get into this chunk and then we'll get into the big thing. So where do, where do the scumbags end up going to? They try to get like some prostitutes, right? Uh, yeah, but they, they call the, that Old Town. Yeah, they go to Old Town, try to get a prostitute, but uh, it's all a setup by Rosario Dawson's character. I guess she's like the head of the Night Ladies. And the Night Ladies, they basically just protect themselves uh they don't work with the cops or they, have a, they work with them they have a deal mm-hmm. yeah what's the deal with the deal so it's supposed to be kind of like like a vegas type thing i believe the whole thing is vegas but anyway it's old town it used to be run by the mob and pimps and again it's supposed to parallel like vegas in the i don't know 70s or eight the 80s and 50s and all that stuff like that. so they made a deal where they get to run they get the dish out their own justice. They get to make all the money they want as long as they give... I think they give some to maybe the mob or the police or whatever. Police can come in and pretty much do what they want up to a point, and if they screw up, 
they get asked to leave. They have to live at some point. Like, they can't come in there and just start effing everything up. They have to follow rules, but if they don't, they don't get, like, murdered. So it's just, like, an agreement with both. They both leave each other alone. They both make money off of it. And it's just, like, no one's getting arrested for doing anything. They also say that, like, when cops do come down, it's kind of up to the ladies if they want to do that for free, right? And if they don't, they send them back, but not dead, which... Why doesn't Benicio del Toro just say he's a cop? You know, why doesn't he just identify himself if they have this deal? I think he just thinks that he's owed that anyway. I don't know, or he doesn't respect them. He's just super drunk. Yeah, but yeah. So they get into Old Town, which is run by the Hoos, the Hoos, and he just starts following Alexis Blydell, and he's doing a lot of the same—I don't want to say gaslighting, but the same stuff he was doing to. Uh, what's your name, Shelly? Like, you, why, you're embarrassing me in front of my friends. Hey, I've had a tough day. Uh, basically, like, you owe me this. He feels like everybody owes him everything. And then he pulls a gun out, which is a really big mistake because two of them get their heads cut off. Two of them get swords through the top of their head. And one of them gets a sword through his throat, his nose, his eye, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miho just F's everybody up. And this is kind of the catalyst of what throws this storyline into chaos. Because, as Josh mentioned, he thought that Brittany Murphy said stop, but would she say he's a cop? Which, uh-oh, crap, we broke the rules, they're going to find out. So he's like, let me take him to the top hits. And uh, we'll just skip over the stuff that we talked about earlier with the slapping and the that's a turn on for and like that. So, Miho to Movie Club. I don't know. You may have mentioned this already, Corey. Which is Suki. She's Suicide Squad. Too fast. No. Oh yeah, too fast, too furious. Yeah, yeah. Too fast. Mm-hmm. Steve Aoki's daughter, right? I think so. It, what movie is this? Got to be up there for Elijah Wood, right? Mm. Four, five. Well, the three movies: Six? Sin City. What's the one where he's dead? Or talk dirty, talk dirty to me, or something? What's it called? Call me the good son. But what's the one you did that the director like loves? Oh, Ant, something. No. Give me two minutes. Ant's name, director's name. Yeah, the, you did it, and he's like, you got come exactly. To daddy. Yeah, come to daddy. Yeah. So well, maybe he's. Not, I thought he was up there a little bit more, but that's cool. So, Corey, I feel like you can explain this better than me. My throat's starting to go out. So he's like, I'm gonna take him to tar pit. So what happens then? They go to the old tar pits, man. There's, you know, there's dinosaurs around, yeah. as there are at tar pits. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Totally normal. <laughs> I've been to a lot of tar pits. I've never seen one without a dinosaur. Basically, this thing just keeps getting deeper and deeper, right? Like, now it's like a struggle over uh, saving or collecting Benicio Del Toro's character's head, right? Because the head is the evidence that will... Uh, confirm that this truce has been broken. So there's like mercenaries sent after them, like Irish mercenaries and like, you know, uh, Suki and Clive Owen got to fight him off. Suki, They what? lose the head. They get the head back. You know, there's a lot of like, the, the head changes hands a few times. Um, but it eventually leads to a character that, you know, I forgot this guy was going to be in this movie. I remember seeing him in the goddamn, uh, in, the, in the beginning, but he's got that stupid fucking... Um, like he's like a train conductor or something. Michael right? Clark um, Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. 
And I'm like, God, why is he dressed like this? Why does he have the eye? I don't know, but it works. It's like, this is like Dick Tracy or something. Like, it's, it's like shit just keeps getting crazier and crazier until, <laughs> and I know we're going to talk about this later. We see this just like yellow weirdo at the end that's just like a, like a puppet. He's like a killer clown from outer space. Uh, but it, it, it gets to a point in this part of the story. I know I'm getting ahead of myself here where the girls from Old Town, along with Clive Owen, they have a little bit of a showdown with the mobsters in the alley. And again, the, it's all about exchanging this head, which is like damning evidence. Yeah, I feel like uh, this is my bad. I didn't set you up for this. I feel like uh, on this podcast, since we have a lot of worshipers, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that Quentin Tarantino actually directs the scene where he's driving and having a conversation mm-hmm. with the dead Benicio Del Toro, which has some of the coolest colors. I think that's a scene where you're driving and there's like a, this little glow of like green, blue, red. But I was going to ask which one Tarantino directed. Like, where is that in the movie? And uh, that's good to know. That might be the best scene in the movie. It's really cool. Like when he goes with the deep voice that Pappy was talking about, and yeah. then his head lulls back and it's all like really breathy. Yeah, it's really cool. The colors are really cool. <laughs> Once a smoker, always a smoker. <laughs> it sounds like some kind of Beetlejuice almost. He's wild in that scene. Oh, it tells you something about your state of mind, don't it? It's got you hearing things, it's got your nerves shot, it's got you smoking. You know it's true. Nobody ever really quits. A smoker, smoker. When the chips are down, and your chips are down. I'm fine, you shut the hell up. Benicio's the best. Why does Suki have... Like, Why are we keep calling her Suki? That's who she is in Too Fast, that's Too who she is. Yeah. I don't have friends. I got family. Oh, gosh. She's in our okay. family. That's the, only, that's the only Fast and Furious movie I haven't seen. Ooh, you're missing out on probably the worst one. Dude, I watched Tokyo Drift not less than 72 <laughs> hours ago. Lucky what? bastard. Wonderful movie. Why does she have swastika throwing stars? That's a good question. That is a... Good, Good question. question. I, yeah, I did not Brittany see that asked coming. me the same question I said. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a reverse swastika. I think it's the other way. It's like the Buddhist sign, the Buddhist one. Mm. Yeah, so I, I think it's meant to be like a like a deadly weapon that's like a peaceful symbol. Ah. Either way, you don't want to fall butthole first onto one of them. Unless you're Natalie Portman. <laughs> God damn. Oh, all that was cut, Brett. You don't, no one knows uh, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to look. Oh, okay. Wait. No. What the heck is a wakisashi? Oh, never mind. Uh, did you hear what I said, uh, Mikey? That's Steve Aoki's half sister. Oh, half sister. Okay. Is that story done? With uh, I know we talked about the tar pits. There's a really cool scene where he falls in the tar pit. There, like, so much crap happens in like a five to ten minute span. Where, like, I think. Corey brought it up. The, the mercenary, the IRA mercenaries, just coming out of nowhere. You got what's his face? Uh, he's pretty popular from Sons of Anarchy. Chibs. Yeah. What's his real name? Tommy. Tommy Flanagan. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, just a lot of crap happens. They kill. I'm trying to think. I, I don't remember exactly. I just watched it, but I don't remember what happens after they kill all the people in the alleyway. Is that story over? Yeah. 
Yeah, it ends mm-hmm. with like like a like a comic book cover, like "Kiss in the Rain Against the Red Sky," you know, between uh, Ahsoka and Clive Owen. And Pappy, if you're not picking up on the over the top nature of this story by this time, I feel like you're really missing out. Like the scene with all the girls on the rooftop shooting down <laughs> is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They're like kind of like dancing and shooting in crazy directions that don't even make sense. It's really funny. I feel like since we talked about this at the beginning, we should bring up the fact that um, they did have a rat in their midst, and that turned out to be Becky, who's the one who the man or the salesman kills. Well, you infer that he kills Josh Hartnett. So Josh Hartnett, yeah, more like Josh Hartthrob. Brittany's nodding in her approval. I'm glad she approves of our commentary. Brett, not to get dark, but if she had to be assassinated, you know what I mean? Brittany, if you had to be assassinated, would it be okay if it was Josh Hartnett? Or, I mean, she'd really want like teenage Jonathan Taylor Thomas to do it. That's like her all time. That's weird. That's sick. Like he's still a teenager and she's current. Like he's 13? Yeah, Brittany, yeah, Brittany said that. It's pretty fucked up. No, that, she's just, we're the same age, you weirdos. No, but yeah, she wouldn't be okay with it unless, you know, she got a little something first. So let's go ahead and move on. Oh, sorry, Brett. <laughs> Has there ever been a more defined edit point? Oh, yeah, definitely. But this is, this is definitely up there. Brett likes to say editors could. <laughs> no, I just say edit point, and literally every time I say edit point it's in the episode <laughs> nothing happens <laughs> a lot of time i say it to be funny so it, whatever all right let's get into that yellow bastard um that's the last new story well yeah we're introduced to that at the beginning we talked about that a little bit not really we skipped over it but i mean what's there to say <laughs> yeah that, michael madsen he's out acting bruce willis yeah, he's shot. He gets shot by Michael Madsen. He finds out that his partner for a long time is dirty. He's trying to save little Nancy Callahan. And because he's not the yellow bastard yet, but he's just Rourke Jr. Played by Edward Furlong. I'm, jo- <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. Hey, that's good. Yeah, it's not bad. That's good. <laughs> Some, will, some people, Terminator fans will get that one. Don't explain it. Okay. Um, he rescues her. He gets shot. How many times does he get shot by uh, Michael Madsen? Uh, it's like 700 or something. At least a million. I thought it was more like 1,000, but 700 might be right. <laughs> but um, he lives. I don't remember what he does. How does he subdue Michael Madsen? He punches him in the face and it like breaks his glasses. I think of you every time I see that now, Josh, when someone gets knocked out. I'm like, you're not going to be knocked out for eight minutes. It's going to be more like eight seconds. But anyway, he shoots, call him Yellow Bastard. He's not the Yellow Bastard yet, but he shoots him in the, shoots his hand off and pretty much shoots his dick and his dick and balls off. So that's the line we talked about earlier. He said, I got rid of his weapon, both of them. And then there's a call back to that later. You know what's weird, though? I will give this movie credit. I did not have those weird feelings. Like when when Bruce Willis was doing all of those things, usually I'm so cynical about cops. I'm like, this is 
cop propaganda. This is violence of cops that they're like glorifying. But like everything he does to this guy in this movie, it's like, hell yeah. Justified. That was, yeah. that was sick. Do that again, please. Tear his dick off again, if you can. Especially since like, even though he's doing these violent vigilante things, he's still by far the best cop in the movie because they're all dirty and they're all just kill people and stuff. But yeah, he actually wants to help people for sure. Yeah. And like the vigilante justice in a comic book or in a movie like this, I think you can also like accept more than you could in the real world. But I agree. I'm like, yeah, fuck this dude up. You know, (laughs) like (laughs) it's like kind of, I even smile when Marv is fucking some people up. It's like, obviously that would not be acceptable in real life, but the Sin City world is a far cry from the real world, obviously. Is it? Stop. Let's not get into that. There's a yellow man with an egghead. Who got a penisectomy. I think it's... Have you heard of Dick Cheney? (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. I want to know how he got that penis back. That's what I want to (laughs) see. Oh, that is not a man's penis that's torn from his body. I don't know what that is. Peyton Manning stem cell level. It's an avatar braid. (laughs) (laughs) Stem cell level. (laughs) He's got a bionic (laughs) wiener. I don't know, man. Alright, so that's how that first one ends. Come back. You know how we were t- talking about Marv earlier. He gets the books thrown at him. He gets blamed for everything. Well, that pretty much happens to Hardigan as well. He gets blamed. He gets accused, uh, convicted of raping the girl. Or at least he said they, he rapes the girl. And that he shot Rourke Jr., which was unjustified. And they pretty much torture him in, sa- in solitary confinement until he confesses eight years later, and then they let him out, which is weird. Didn't understand that. Wouldn't let Nancy testify. She said, I'll write to you. He's like, please don't write to me. They'll they'll find you. But he writes as Cordelia. She writes as Cordelia to him every, every week for, I don't know, about seven and a half years, I guess you could say, eight years. But he finally admits to it, and his wife leaves him. He finds out his wife leaves him. And I think he's got a pretty cool scene with Michael Madsen when they're driving home. He basically said, bygones be bygones. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not mad at my wife for leaving me. I'm not really mad. I'm not even really mad at you. Just whatever. Just take me home. I think he skipped over it, though. But like the first time we see Yellow Bastard, dude, what a fucking character. Yeah. Like what the way he looks, like the way he's introduced, like I think it like pans up when he's just in that little teeny tiny solitary confinement cell. Yeah, like, that's freaking crazy. Outside of the red bed, that's like the most color that's been on screen this whole fucking movie is just Yellow Bastard himself. Like yeah. it looks insane. You, yeah. It's awesome. The mo- like the most memorable character from this movie by far. And the description of him is like he smells like hot yeah. garbage. A body bag of hot garbage or whatever. He's kind of like a Smeagol-esque a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. With a beer belly. Dude, he looks like killer clowns from outer space. I'm telling you. Like, this guy yeah. would fit perfectly in that movie. Just change his color, and he's right in. I, I gotta know what's going on with that dong. <laughs> I just... We need answers, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> I might need to buy that comic just to see if I can get 
a glimpse. And because I know Mikey's got to know. Got to know what all the money in the world can buy. Got to know what surgery they were doing. It's like, it's enough. It's it's one thing to be able to repair your, give you a new penis and balls. But like, it sounds like he's got active vas deferens and uh, uh, sperm cells and testes and stuff too. So it's like, that surgery is insane. To have working sperm go through your body. Come on now. This guy who plays him is Nick Stahl. I, I yeah. think he's mostly like a child actor. Like, I don't, I don't know him for much. And I thought uh, he did really well in this movie, actually. T2. He's briefly as him, like, with his own face. And then for the majority of the movie, under the yellow bastard mask. Robert Rodriguez said that initially he was just going to play, like, the real version of himself. But then he had him, like, he's like, just, hey, just leave, leave me some voicemails of, like, what you think Yellow Bastard's voice would sound like. And, like, every day, I guess, for, like, the rest of the shooting, he would leave him a voicemail of, like, the Yellow Bastard's voice. And finally, Robert Rodriguez was like, okay, you got it. Like, because it's, like, freaky, right? Like, the way he talks a, a little bit. <laughs> I'm with you, Josh. Like, he is really, just combine what you and Pappy were saying, he's, like, really good in this movie. He's very magnanimous. Again, it helps that he's bright yellow, but he's just, every time they show him, he's creeping in the back, and he just looks so creepy, and he's so slimy. I mean, I was going to make a joke about how Jackie Boy was the biggest slime ball in this whole movie, but it's like, he's nothing compared to the yellow bastard, so. And it's like one of the only scenes, like, a little bit later here on the plot, he gets hit with a bullet from Bruce Willis, and they go to the car scene where he was hit and there's his blood all over the place. So it's supposed to be this like weak moment for the yellow bastard. Cause he's all injured and fucked up, but no, it turns like he crawls away from that and it ends up being like he intimidates them more. Cause they're stuck there with his stinky yellow blood all over the place. <laughs> I want you to think about this. Think about all the blood that was at that crash scene. Then think about the next time you see him, and he's got gallons of blood dripping out of his neck. And then you realize this dude's lost 49 gallons of blood. And he still can knock out Bruce Willis with like one punch. Can you imagine what this guy's piss smells like? <laughs> Is it yellow? <laughs> it's, no, it's it's blood red. <laughs> How does he know if he's peeing or if he's bleeding? But that's another cool touch is that. His blood's really is yellow too. It's the same color as skin. So if Peyton Manning would have kept trying to play football and they kept doing the stem cell therapy to like fix every like neck injury he had, he'd start to be some sort of like weird necrotic human like this. This is the lesson this movie teaches. <laughs> okay. I don't know what any of that means. It's, like un, the- it's unnatural. If someone shoots your dick off because you deserved it, then you probably just need to not get a new dick from science. Okay, Corey? He wants a grandson. It's like back alley weird science, too. It's like Palpatine dark science, you know? Yeah, I think, I think there was definitely a shaman and a medicine man involved in this because... Every doctor would be like, yeah, that's not possible, but... Deal what the devil was made. You gotta be yellow. We can do it, but you gotta be yellow. (laughs) (laughs) Side effects, yeah. You gotta smell like shit, too. You gotta... Sorry, you gotta smell like hot garbage. Yeah. (laughs) 
recognize my voice, Hardigan? Recognize my voice, you piece of shit cop? You look different, but I bet you can recognize my voice. Sure. I recognize your voice, Junior. I thought this was kind of confusing, Brittany and I. It's not really, but it's it's almost like they missed a scene where why would they not have known where Nancy Callahan was at 11? Like, if they wanted her so bad, who was hiding her for eight years? Why did they want her so bad? Right, and why all of a sudden after eight years, I just assumed that she was going to be Cordelia because, like, they didn't want her to be in contact with him just because they wanted her to forget about this whole thing. But I mean, you can go all the way back to why didn't Michael Madsen just smoke her on the dock like she saw everything he could have just tossed her into the lake or whatever they were at yeah they it chose like they have the power to do that but they it's like they used their power in a in a different show of force like yeah we could kill her and be fine but we could also let her live and no one will be able to do anything like that's like true power these people have but yeah it's really weird to think the easier thing to do would be just to kill her I would like to think that she took his advice and ran like he told her to. But the last okay. like frame they show, I don't think that's what happens though. The last frame they show is she's like cuddles up with his dying body, like Simba style, you know? And you just assume like all the cops are going to get there and find her like that. In which case they'd obviously identify her to y'all's point. They knew who she was. Cause he says, she says to him, they won't let me testify. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not something that holds me up. It just was, I thought they like maybe missed a little space where they explained it more. Like why after eight years, all of a sudden, why are they looking for her so bad? I mean, obviously Yellow Bastard wants to get revenge, but I feel like he wants to make Bruce Willis suffer. But then again, that's that would make her suffer if he raped and killed her and Bruce Willis's character knew that. But I don't know. It's not something I get hung up on. So, So they find her. Because he makes he makes like two, a couple big mistakes in this movie where he kind of just goes charging in to a situation without thinking about it. One of them is at the bar. He was set up, he was tricked into leading Yellow Bastard who's just creeping around in the bar, uh, holding his Beretta. And then also he just goes charging into the farmhouse and he gets shot by two SWAT guys. One of the SWAT guys was Robert Rodriguez in this movie. I don't know if it was one of those two or not, but I've heard people complain about this as a big plot hole, but I think it's easily explained. People were saying, if he smelled so bad, how could they have driven and not known he was in the back of the car? But they explain it. Blood was all His over, blood right? blood smells even worse. Yeah. yeah, like, I've literally seen that in a thing for plot holes, and I'm like, that's dumb because they explain what happened, but I don't remember how they get her. They go in the hotel... They just bust in? You're asking, like, if they checked in, like, at the front no, desk? No, 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 I'm, I'm, no, 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 I'm sorry. I, no, I should they be get sur- a hotel, but Yellow Bastard surprises Bruce Willis in the shower. That's, man, Mikey, you should have said, all right, we're in the shower. Show us that yellow dick. We want to see it. <laughs> Show us that yellow dick. We, we got to see it. Instead, what you get is a naked Bruce Willis hanging uh, while he's Yellow Bastard's drugging up little Nancy and he's like telling her all the stuff he's going to do and I feel like Bruce Willis's character makes kind of an unreasonable request for her she ends up doing it but like don't scream 
Whenever you do, don't scream. It's like, well, I mean, it's hard to make that promise. That guy's a psycho. He's going to do some really bad stuff to you, but she doesn't scream. Also, wait, real quick before we, during that whole part, there's like a love interest developing between the two of them. I was waiting for, I see, I don't think it's weird. How do we feel about that? I feel like it's a little weird. But it's, it's not weird. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. If he would have been interested in her, now obviously he thinks she's beautiful and he loves her, but his thing has always been paternal and he stops her from that. But for her, she's 11 years old and that's her hero. That's all she's thought about for eight years is a guy who she probably remembers differently than he is in real life. She spent eight years, and I'm going to say heroizing, that's definitely not the word, but idolizing him. I don't feel like that's that weird. It would have been weird if he would have been sexually interested in her. I think I've heard this argument before about another movie called Leon the Professional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know, both good movies. The difference is Natalie Portman is 14 in that movie. This one, she's 19. True. And again, it's not like he raised her for three years and then this happened. Like, he barely knew her. He just saved her life. And she turned that into... Turned that in eight years of absence into love. Romantic love. It's weird. It's uncomfortable, I think, in the right way. Like, in the way that they intended to be. Right? I don't think the movie is trying to, like, say anything or make it all right. It's just, like you're saying, Brad, it's exploring those uh, those points of view. Right? Yeah. And I don't think it's it's necessarily saying this is cool, but it's just saying this is where this person's at and this is this other person's reaction to it. It's just one of those little things that, I mean... They wouldn't do this today, right? Like they wouldn't have see, it to be some I, more I hate, of a platonic. Relationship. I hate that argument because you can't. I'm just, not saying you can't be afraid to put stuff in movies. It's because why well, like, people what? might I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. It's like people say, "Oh, they could never have a movie where a 28 year old mother or a 35 year old mother falls in love with her 18 year old son." They'd never show that, but that stuff happens. It, yeah, it's a movie. It, you have to show real life. Again, it's it's a microcosm. It's not big, but I'm saying you can't be scared to show stuff that's taboo because that's that stuff happens. No, a hundred percent. So I just don't. I hate that argument, though. I mean, I'm with you. I, I know what you're saying, and I know you're not like finger wagging at him. I'm just saying I hate that. It's like, yes, it's weird. It's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. I mean, I wouldn't make a movie like that because I wouldn't be able to handle the the crap. But, like, you got to be able to express stuff in film. That's a story. It's a story. I mean, I don't know. I just think nothing should be off I agree. limits. I agree. You just I mean, but it's weird. Don't glorify right. agree, it. Don't glorify it's it. It's not a porn. Just, like, it, that stuff happens. You're allowed to feel uncomfortable. But that stuff happens in the world. Okay, but at the same time, I'm still kind of like, I don't know. That It does make me think that, like, Frank Miller is a weird dude kind of for writing that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. He could have written anything. And, like, the the fantasy is this, like, they do romantically kiss. You know what I mean? At some point, like, Bruce Willis is into it. And he's, like, what was he supposed to be, like, 40s, mid-40s? And she's, like, 19? Have it's just a weird dynamic. I don't know. It's just weird. I think the thing you have to also realize is that, like, this is also probably the healthiest uh, male-female relationship in this whole movie. Everybody else is, like, super abusive. (laughs) Uh, That's true, And this is still, like, a pretty fucked-up relationship. Yeah. It's just... It's called Sin City. So, like, nobody is free of 
any sin in this movie, literally. Like, everybody's doing fucked up shit. This is just one more angle of somebody... Like, Bruce Willis isn't all that comfortable with it, but he's like... He is so lonely, he's still also into yeah, it. Like, I think he's he is. Just, I think it shows. I think he does a pretty good job. I'm not saying that... You're right, Mikey. I think there are moments you see where his shield is coming down a little bit. He's tempted because he does love her. He has thought about probably just her for the last eight years, but like in a different way. But it's like, oh, crap. This girl loves me. I mean, but I think reason at the end overcomes any little crack in his shell that he might have. Because and he doesn't end up, he dies in the end. He doesn't end up right. he, with her. He probably bangs her nine times off screen. No big deal. And then... <laughs> no big... Hey, no big deal, okay? No big deal. It's all legal. But I love the scene where he shoots himself. I think it looks really cool. Um, I can't remember the colors. Is that black and white or is that yellow? And It's black and white. Mm-hmm. Just think those all, like, makes me think of Mr. Negative and Snap. <laughs> That's um, negative. It's like a negative color reversal. Something like that. I just, I just like the black and white. Look to the cookie. He catches up. He rips off Yellow Bastard's miracle dick and balls again. As Pappy pointed out, it looks more like maybe squid, a, a squid, a little octopus or something that he grabs out, but um, he kills him. He, I mean, that's like you're not going to get a more violent or cool-looking beat-to-death scene than that, where he's bashing his face in and yellow blood is just squirting everywhere. It's pretty cool. Um, and as kind of Josh was pointing out earlier, maybe even Pap, man, if there's anyone who ever deserved to get his face beaten all the way through to the back of his skull, it's that guy. And then they get in the car. She wants to go live happily, happily ever after. He's like, I'll catch up to you. I need to do this, this, and this. But he realizes that that's futile, and as long as he's alive, she'll always be in danger. So he shoots himself. That's the end. We get to the last customer's always right part two, which we've already discussed. And then that is Sin City. So does anybody... Have any final thoughts? Did anybody, uh, was there a beat in any of the stories that we didn't get to that you remembered you wanted to get to or? Uh, Just so much happens. I'm trying to think of. Not a beat per se. I did Google it. It's supposed to be the explanation for the swastika throwing stars is it is the manji, which has a long history in South Asian culture as a symbol of peace and good luck before it was co-opted by the Nazis. Yeah. I don't know if it's anyone's first reaction to seeing that, but you do see a guy with a swastika on his head get an arrow through yeah. it. So yeah. Target practice. Hitler ruined everything. All right, so while Mikey's thinking, I will bring back a very popular segment um, of which major stars in this movie are dead. Ooh. Okay. So Rutger Howard just died within the last few years. Um... Powers Booth, who plays Senator Rourke, he died about six years ago. Brittany Murphy very famously died, what, Brittany, 10, 12 years ago? 15 years? Nobody really knows why. Uh, she was having a pretty rough go of it at the time. And then very, very sadly, even more sad than the others, Michael Clark Duncan died about 10 or 11 years ago. 
That's quite the hall. It's not quite the um, Heather's Hall, where I had like eight people, all in really sad deaths, but... Yep. That's... BK presents Who Died. <laughs> Brought the segment back. <laughs> <laughs> What is that? <laughs> You're supposed the to keep news. going with the segment, I think. <laughs> no, I don't. That's all I have. I mean, I didn't look at any of the extras. Um, I mean, maybe Bruce soon, unfortunately. And I think I don't think Mickey Rourke's doing Jesus very well. Jesus Christ, Brett! <laughs> Come on, Brett, man. it's not a prediction man segment. Just Brett. got diagnosed. You played the music, Mikey. You forced me. <laughs> As first reported on spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, any more final thoughts? Elijah Wood is Six Movie Club. By nice. the way, Lord of the Rings. Um, call me Who's Daddy. Number one with up. what? Movie Club. Yeah, I think it's um. Who is it? Didn't I just C three PO? Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. By far the new king. Oh, uh, with like nine, eleven. Yeah, with the Fast and Furious. I mean the. Guardians too. Oh shit! Yeah. If there's no final thoughts, let's go reverse order. Um, I did kind of skip Mikey, so let's go ahead and start with Mikey and give us your yes or no. Your first time watching? Uh, yeah, this is my first time ever watching this. Uh, I don't know how I'd gone so long without ever seeing it, but I don't know. I guess it just never interested me uh, after watching. Uh, what is it, 300? I guess I was just kind of like, I don't know if this Frank Miller stuff is for me, because I, I think I've only seen 300, like, maybe twice. But, yeah, it's a really cool movie. I really liked it probably a lot more than uh, 300 off the first watch. Uh, I really liked how the very stylized black and white comic book scenes looked, and... Just like the overall vibe of it, uh, it was just, I, it's it's like creativity to the max in a in a movie, and it's uh, really cool to see. So it's and also that Frank Miller did like everything on, or uh, Robert Rodriguez did like everything on it. It's really cool. So I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but um, it was a fun movie to watch. Uh, glad I watched it, and good choice, Brett. So it's a yes for me. Thank you. I wanted to make sure uh, we did this on Monday because I wanted you to be on it. So so that gets us to uh, Corey. Hello, this is Corey. This movie gets a hard goodbye yes. Nice. This movie is so cool. It is so comic booky. It's insane. It has a very unique and interesting like horror neo-noir thriller vibe it blends some genres and it comes together really well while maintaining the neo-noir aspect with like the character we're following and kind of like their moral gray area and you know hearing their uh, monologue over them you know doing specific things in the movie or there's a lot of voiceover depending on who we're following at any given time it's really cool man this aesthetic is is it works for this. This could easily, I think, be too much, but it, it hits it perfectly. 
It's mostly black and white. We talked about that. It has its splashes of color, which are selected at times that I think are important to see the color. But, you know, I was thinking about this, and it's not just black and white. It's like, because, you know, when I think of black and white, my mind goes to, like, old TV shows. I think of, like, I Love Lucy, and that's more of, like, grayscale. Yeah. It's shades of gray. This is different. It's like the blacks are so black it's almost like at times like the background has like corners cut off where you can't even really see a lot because the blacks are so hard i think it looks really cool you know i like seeing these little glints of color here and there to kind of like you know make a point get a point to the audience with like a splash of blood across the face so you have like the meaning like the impact of what was just done just so many great little things about this movie. I like each and every story as we follow them. Uh, there are questions here and there, but I don't think the answers matter too much. It's more about just like, like it, I think the questions just make me think this world is bigger, and I'm okay with that. There's a lot of other things I don't know about in this huge world of Sin City. Uh, I really like it a lot. This is great. You know, Again, I only watched this movie one time, I think, or might have been two times, but I was not sober at the time, so I basically didn't remember anything. In fact, I thought we followed Bruce Willis the whole time. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, that's not funny. new experience for me, as is often the case when I watch something in sobriety. It's a lot of fun to do that. Again, hard goodbye, yes. Nice. Uh, Josh? Is that right? I feel like it should be Pappy. It is Pappy. I can go. If we're going reverse, yeah. Go ahead, Pappy. Yes. A definite yes. I don't like this movie as much as Corey, and I think that just comes down to personal preference of, like, visual aesthetics. Like, I don't know. This movie is really cool. I definitely agree with that. I just don't know if I enjoy looking at it a lot of the time. I mean, a couple of shots, like we mentioned, like the tar pit are amazing um the high contrast on mickey rourke's band-aids like that really sticks out to me too especially when the blood's white a couple times it's amazing but yeah i don't know it's not my favorite like i I don't know it gets a lot of credit for adapting the frame for frame comics and a couple times like oh that looks like a comic but i don't know if that's like i'm really loving the way that it looks it's just more that oh that's cool it looks like a comic book but i don't know if that really like you know as film advances much or like grabs my interest. But I do love the lore of Sin City. And I love the way that the lore is like laid out. That's honestly like one of my favorite parts about this. Like I almost kind of want to read the comics. I know I was just kind of like saying the visual style isn't like necessarily my favorite, but I just want to know like, you know, the power corruption of the Cardinal. Like how did he get his brother to be a Senator? Like this whole world just seems fucking awesome. And if it was made today, they would like have some sort of like deeper backstory, like multiple movie SimCity or SimCity cinematic universe with it. But as a standalone movie, um, I haven't seen the sequel. Uh, a definite yes, a good pick, Brett. Very on brand for spoilers. Um, love Robert Rodriguez whenever he's on here. Definite yes, Josh. Yeah, Josh from Goshen. I'm gonna give this a yes. Keep it pretty brief. You guys have said some really cool things. I think so far. The lore that this movie hints to, I think, is fascinating and kind of has your mind moving and off of 
some questions that may maybe are kind of unanswerable. It's just like a good movie making tactic. And we kind of picked apart those questions. But in the course of the movie, it's just a lot of cool visuals and interesting scenes. I think the fact that we've talked about the graphic novels so much and some other like interviews, but not Sin City 2 is kind of telling. Um, I don't know if that's future spoilers or not (laughs) for us, but uh, this is a yes. Josh from Goshen. I love this movie, Brett, and I love the memories we had in the past and now with uh, spoilers, too, with Sin City. Good stuff. Sweet. Have you seen Sin City 2? I have, I have not. I have it downloaded. I just never watched it. It didn't do very well. I didn't get the reviews the first one did. I think they even have Clive Owen's character back, but played by uh, Josh Berlin. No, not Josh Berlin. Josh Berlin, yeah. So, okay, so this is Brett from Fort Wayne. Uh, this will be really quick. I've talked enough. Uh, hard yes. I really like the aesthetic of it. I like the color stuff. That's probably my favorite thing at least overall um i love like the vibrant reds um i like the really cool colors i think we're talking about when the car is driving just overall i love that i love the act i love the the cast uh mike uh, minus michael madsen hard yes okay so it's preserved i guess that would be what some toilet floaters or no that would be if it was spoiled be some hooker meat (laughs) Mm. Mm. All right. So, I have made Poor Man's Jeopardy. This is Jeopardy. Yep, so I did make it as a five-person, but we had Stevie uh, dropped out. So, I could either kill one category or we could just have some clues. Oh, also Josh left. He just put this in the thread. Guys, I have to go. House just blew up with kid stuff. I cannot continue. Brett, I'm sorry about trivia. Okay. So, I guess How many we categories will... do you have? Five. Fifteen? Between... Three people? So, everyone's getting five questions now. I've been talking to the chat today. I'd like to actually give a special shout-out to very good friend of the pod, Phil Dillon, uh, Sin and Study Podcast. He helped me out a lot today. He took this quiz because I was worried it was too hard. Um, it kind of is hard, but hey, we'll have fun. Scores How many scores. did he get right? He Home got nine, 9 out of 15 right. Okay. Um, and a couple of them he just kind of had brain farts. A couple of them he just didn't see. So, But I will tell you, and I feel like Josh would have yelled at me this, be wary of the three-pointers, all right? If you got the balls, go for it. Hmm. Hmm. You would be wary of them and go for them? Is that what you said? If you have the balls. If you got the new yellow balls. <laughs> hmm. Is everyone okay if we do just all of them? I mean, I work really hard on this. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling of having leftover categories. is <sighs> fucking annoying. We got yeah. this. I'll read it. While you do this, the, the categories are the hard goodbye, the big fat kill, that yellow bastard, the customer is always right. AF? Yeah, I didn't want to give you too much. It stands for Anthology Films. Oh, that's it for something else. Air Force. I'm like at a, I'm at a position that is just really bad. Okay, so I didn't change the order. Um, the order we have, Pappy sent me. Mikey, would you like to go first or a different 
You're the on the schneid. With upgrade. Uh, I'll go first. Pappy, can you type that in? I'm, I'm like not out of space. Yeah, can I edit this? Yes, it should, you yeah. should be able to. Yeah, got you, fam. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to know the categories or what they mean or just kind of once you click on it? Once we click on it. Okay. Yeah, I have to figure it out. Okay, so... Uh, so what, you want me to click on one or are you no, going to see that? or Pap will take care of the stuff. If you, you don't mind, Pap, do you? No, I don't mind. I'm just, uh, yeah. So, just pick your category like you normally do. We just got more questions to answer. Uh, hard goodbye for one. Okay. This is famous movie goodbyes. For one point, finish this quote by Truman after ascending the steps at the end of the Truman Show. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's correct. And I don't care about the who is. Uh, answering form a question, so as much at all. So, sorry, Corey. Mm. Pappy, you're not up next. Is it up to? Is it Corey's choice? I believe. Uh, I guess Corey it with can Battlefield be. Earth. No, it should be. Well, no, I'll go. No, I'll yeah, go last. Yeah, just do it like this. Last. Just do it like this. Yeah, Corey, yeah, you're I'll up. Go last. The hard goodbye for three. Oof! Got the balls. Okay. I don't give a fuck. What are the Iron Giant's last words to Hogarth? Um, so I know what it is, but I, it's the last word. Nope. That's that's what that's what Phil Dillon said. That's the last word he says. That's not the last words he says to Hogarth. This is very hard. This was one that I've yet to see anyone get. Well, then I'm just going to guess the thing I think it is, because I, I guess I don't know the real answer. My guess would be, I am not a gun. I, but my the last word I was thinking was weapon. I don't know if he says, I am not a gun or I am not a weapon. But either way, sounds like I don't have it right. Right, yeah, it's not. I believe his last word he says is Superman, right? Oh, uh, hey, uh, Mikey, this is your movie. Do you know it? I thought it was Superman. Uh, isn't he like, I am Superman or something at the very end before he... Yeah, but he doesn't say that to Hogarth. He says, you stay, I go, no following. Sorry, it's a tough oh, one. Oh, he said his last words to Hogarth. Hogarth, okay. yes. All right. Pappy. I'll go the hard goodbye for two. Finish out the okay, category. Okay, he's out of here. All right. What are the last words said by E.T. to Elliot after touching his forehead? I'll be right here. That's correct. What is... No, nope. that's yeah, right fine. Here. I'll right. be right here. After one round, Mikey one, Pappy, I mean, Corey negative three, Pappy two. A lot of questions left, Corey. Mikey, you're up. Uh, Big fat kill for two. Okay, this is villain deaths in movies. After Rapunzel's hair is cut off, this villain begins to age rapidly and turns to dust as she falls out of the tower. Mm. the movie Tangled. I'm just going to say the wicked stepmother. I I don't know. Anybody? I don't know her name. I don't know. Ursula? No. Sorry. Again, I was kind of, you know, some of these I thought Stevie would get. So uh, the answer is Mother Gothel. Mm. Film Dylan did get that one correct. Corey. Damn you, Film Dylan. I know you so well, Brett, that I think I know what... <laughs> I think I know what the question and answer for Big Fat Kill for One is. 
Oh my gosh. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say Big Fat Kill for three. This might be the hardest question on the thing. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. This main villain from Rush Hour falls to his death when straps from the bomb vest he's holding are torn. No. Who is Juntao? Yes, yes. Heck yes. Thank you. Dude, I've seen that movie like a thousand times. Thank you. And I was trying to tell people, I go, I know it's hard, but he literally says Juntao 50 times in the movie. Juntao. <laughs> Juntao. Corey has said he's seen that movie so many times it no longer has humor. Like, oh yeah, you no, it's that. beyond <laughs> not humor. It's it's cringe. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just glad you, I'm glad you got it because that was one I was worried about. All right, cool, good job. Um, well, give me the big fat kill for one. Let's see if Corey was right. All right, Corey, tell me if you're I'm, if you're right or not. This All right. this main villain from Snatch asks for a shooter, but when the window is rolled down, he gets killed instead. Probably the one guy who hasn't seen this movie ten plus times picked it. Bricktop. Bricktop is correct. Is that what you were thinking, Corey, or no? No, I was sure you were going to give Shredder falling into the garbage (laughs) truck. I don't know why. I didn't even think about that. That would have been really good. Sorry. All right. You got that, Pap? Yeah. All right. Uh, Is this our scores updated? Score columns updated. On the far left? Yeah. Mikey's got negative one. Corey's back to zero. And Pappy with the commanding lead with three. All right. Mikey? Uh, Yellow Bastard for three. Okay. This is the only non-movie question on here. This is famous characters that are shades of yellow. This magical dog is one of the two main protagonists in the show Adventure Time. He is 28 magical dog years old and can stretch, shrink, or mold any part of his body to any shape in almost any size. I know Adventure Time, but I don't know the name of this dog. Um... I don't know. Is it Gus or something? No. Anybody know? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, I don't watch Adventure Time either. Uh, it's Jake. Jake the dog. <laughs> oh, Jake. Yeah, okay. Damn. All right. I don't watch that bullshit. Uh, Film Dylan got that the right. The customer is always right for three. Okay. I would say this one's hard, but Brittany actually got this one right, so she killed it on this one. It does not seem like it's up your alley, Corey, but we'll find out. This is Film customer service scenes. Annie gets fired in Bridesmaids after a long argument with a teenager who wants to buy a necklace that says this. <laughs> it's a comedy movie, so... Was... That is so hard for Corey. Um, I have seen that movie, but I don't remember that. I'm going to say Best Friends. Oh. Incorrect. Does anybody know? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Best friends forever. Oh, no, that's oh. Right. Sorry, Corey. I thought you were going to pull it out. Damn. Pap can take a commanding lead if he gets this. Give me the yellow bastard for one. Okay. This is the name of a fictional species in Pokemon and is widely considered the most popular character. This character has electrical abilities. There can be multiple answers, by the way. Pikachu! We're going to go with the one that's yellow and famous. Pikachu. Who is Pikachu? Corey, are there other ones that are widely considered the most popular character? I heard you. You're correct. Okay. (laughs) I mean, there's an argument to be made about Pichu. I would have accepted that as well. (laughs) The the pre-evolution of Pikachu. What about um, 
What's the yellow bird? Legendary bird. Zapdos? I only yeah. know Bulbasaur, something Rax. <laughs> and then, all right. Bresta kind of got to say Pokemon. No. Okay, so after three rounds, Mikey, negative four, Corey, negative three, Pappy, four. So you guys hmm. got to get in this, but it's not over yet. It's still two questions each. All right. Mikey, let's go. You got this. Uh... Is yellow bastard for two on the table? Yep. All right, I'll take that. This yellow and blue tropical fish is Ariel's best friend, the Little Mermaid. He scares easily and is likely to panic under stressful situations. Uh. And in I... the sequel, he's fat. Is a sequel? Yeah. It's a live action remake coming out. Is it like? Is it like? Is it like blowy or something? Puff ball. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I think you're like the least Disney person on here. I feel like I feel bad. Um, well, I'm not. Um, the answer, anybody? Flounder. 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 Yep. Flounder. <laughs> All right. Flounder. It's, it's not over with yet. Blowy. If Corey gets this right, it's probably over for Mikey. Corey? AF for three. <laughs> okay. Only go for threes. And how's that working out for you? Okay. Well, I got screwed out of the last Oops. one, so... Yeah. <laughs> I could have given you two-thirds of the points. Okay. Name three exact anthology titles of The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, oh <laughs> get the fuck dude. out of here. <laughs> I bet Stevie could do that though. He loves that movie. Nobody else. I haven't seen it. I've seen it, but yeah, I've seen it. But uh, let's see. Uh, can I just give you Black Mirror episodes? Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Sorry, I. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. That's one. <sighs> uh, there's like first time meme. First time meme. <laughs> James Franco first time meme one. <laughs> first time. <laughs> you know where he says first time and you're about to hang? Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's all I got. Sorry, that is incorrect. <laughs> Anybody know any of them? No. No. Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Mere Algodones, or first time meme. Meal ticket, <laughs> all gold canyon, the gal who got rattled, and the mortal remains. But. No, it's over. Okay, Pappy, go ahead. <laughs> Try to make I think up. customers always right for two. Sorry, guy. I told you it was hard. Okay. Peter Mann is having the worst case of the Mondays, so he and his friends go to this flare-filled restaurant. Oh, I wasn't even on that pod. Um, oh, you weren't? No. What is, is it, though? Uh, I don't know. I'll say Chili's. Anybody? Shenanigans. Flingers? Oh, no. Wait, no, it's the, it's next to Flingers. It's in between Flingers and Chili's, maybe? That's right. Fuck, I don't remember. Chachkis. Chachkis, damn. Right, man, sorry. Just, you guys were on fire earlier on. All right, Mike, let's just finish it out for Pride. Oh, there's no Pride here. <laughs> um, What's left? AF1? AF1, AF2, and the customer is always right one. Uh, customer's always right one. 
actually wrote question two for you, but I guess we'll have to have somebody else do it. Number one, anthology film. We already did that. Uh, who stars as the bellhop and main character of Four Rooms? Of what? Has anybody seen oh. Four Rooms? Yeah. It's a movie called Four Rooms. I don't know. I have not seen that movie. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Close. Anybody know? It's Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Yep. Good job. Yeah, that sounds right. Guess that wasn't as easy as I thought. All right. He's on the poster. He's in all four stories. I, I just it's a uh, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez and everything. So, all right, Corey. AF for one. He just did Go that for one. ones. Pappy did take the right one off. Sorry. Whatever is left. AF two and customer is always right one. AF for two. All right. What found footage horror franchise has spawned multiple sequels? The two most recent being Shudder Originals that each broke streaming records on the platform. This was the question I wrote for Mikey. I don't know if you'd get it or not, but... Uh, I'm going to say... I don't think the Blair Witch sequels are breaking any records, so it's not that. I haven't heard much uh, hype over Paranormal Activity lately, but I'm going to say Paranormal Activity. That's what Mm. Brittany guessed, too. It's not. That's not right. Mikey, do you know? Uh, no idea. I don't know. VHS. Oh, those are some crazy movies. Yeah, that's. Ever heard of them, Corey? Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't have guessed it though. Sorry. What is Shutter? A streaming I, Mikey's service. Mikey's been talking about Shutter a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's a scary movie streaming service. Hmm. Sorry, guys. Forgot I'm, about those VHS. I'm terrible at poor man's Jeopardy. I won't ever do it again. Yeah, those are a fun anthology. Happy last question. Yeah, uh, the customer is always right for one. Right up your alley. This actor plays the hotel concierge in Home Alone 2. He doesn't trust Kevin and even sneaks into his room to snoop. Cheese pizza. <laughs> I don't know. What? Um, I don't. I don't know if I've seen Home Alone 2. Oh my gosh! Wow. I mean, that's the one they're in New York, right? The Pigeon Lady. Yeah, <laughs> she has a job as the hotel concierge. She just chooses to be homeless. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know. I'm gonna go with Donald Trump. I know he's in that movie, right? Corey, uh, that's Tim Curry, man. It's Tim Curry. Oh damn! All right, sorry, Tim Curry. This is actually the scores are probably better than the Predator Pod. So, uh, but Pappy is your poor man's Jeopardy Sin City winner. And uh, he will be picking our next movie. Sorry, everybody. I It's kind of like Corey and I said. It, it, I feel like it's either too easy or too hard. And I think I got it a little too hard. So Brittany always gets mad when I get it a little too hard. No, she said no. That's what I thought. Okay, so uh, do you want to send it somewhere, Pappy? Or? Send it to Spoiler Man real quick. And then I'm good right, to go. We're going to send it to Spoiler Man for some announcements. And then we'll come right back. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. Kill him for me, Marv. Kill him good. Brother Brian. You're making a big mistake, man. A big mistake. Yeah? You already made a big mistake yourself. You didn't flush. Druid King. I've been having so much fun, I forgot to take my medicine. Nick. I love hitmen. No matter what you do to them, 
you don't feel bad. The Meg. Modern cars. They all look like electric shavers. Nurse Stacy. An old man dies. A young woman lives. Fair trade. The Wolf. Ow, ow, ow. I don't want to fight, Pooch. Barky 420. Sure. And maybe after I pulled off that miracle, I'll go and punch out God. P.K. Some should have told ya. Never give an Irishman good cause for revenge. Spencer. He eats people. Gale. One word from Gale and she'll cut me in half. Swole. He made me what? Uh, he made me what? If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Be sure to check out Corey's podcast, Big Dumb Movie. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. And we're back. Pappy, what have you chosen for us? So I'm, I've totally just changed my picking strategy to be the most popular on my potential podcast episodes uh, letterbox list. Um, but this is a good one, but I haven't, and I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, I like to pick movies that have fun music. The 27th rated film on Letterboxd. Uh, Debut film, 2014, from Damien Chazelle. Let's go with uh, soon-to-be almost king of spoilers, J.K. Simmons' Whiplash. Wow. Just listen to the rewatchables on that one. Brittany's not going to be happy. She hates that movie. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun. It'll be a fun time. It's going to be more fun than the movie is. I mean, I love I think it's a great movie, but it's not, not a fun movie. Not my tempo. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, hope you're still with us five hours later. But... Uh, Thank you for listening and hope to see you soon. That was spoilers. Edit point. I'm going to go pee. So, when you guys talk about uh, 
Does anybody need I'm a break? I'm gonna grab a beer. Quick? All right, let's take a let's take a tight two, okay? Tight two. Tight, tight two. two. Tighter than Natalie's butthole and closer. <laughs> hey now. During this commercial break, I'm gonna have some carrots from Martin Supermarkets. What crunch? Mmm. I did not expect Natalie Portman's butthole to come up within five minutes of this podcast. Not many do. (laughs) Well done, Corey. Well played. I'm surprised you're not mad about it. Why would I be mad? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I piss you off with the stuff I say. (laughs) I'm just being me, though, man. This post is called... I laughing for like three minutes when you said Oh my that. goodness, you do see her butthole. Dude, this I don't is get insane. It. This, is, this just... is Reddit. Watch it for the plot. And the top comment is, I can... <laughs> 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 what is it, Fab? <laughs> <laughs> so the name of the post is Natalie Portman, nipple and butthole plot in Closer. And then it's the scene of her butthole. In the top comment, from a second of your time, I can watch a thousand female buttholes on Pornhub, but for some reason, I value the slightest hint of this one above all of the others. <laughs> oh, what I miss? Something about me? No, it's just comment on Reddit about Natalie Portman's butthole. <laughs> You guys are still talking about this? God. <laughs> I value the slightest hint of this one above all the others. That, that cannot... Okay, Corey, are you there? Yeah. Is her face shown at the same time? It's her. You see her in like one shot, yeah. like squat down. I'm just saying, I, I know that scene. I've heard about it's famous... But, like, she's, like, always been very anti-nudity on film. Yeah, probably after this. But Apparently, she wanted to get nude on that film, but the director wouldn't let her. But that one slipped by him. Yeah, slipped by him. Somebody easy slipped by that thong, that G-string. Play the uncut gems clip. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, I'm gonna come. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I'm just thinking about us taking a break. And leaving the conversation about Natalie Portman's butthole <laughs> like it's a commercial. Because remember, you guys used to do commercials. We're mm. never going to get that Martin sponsorship. <laughs> no. My my clip is broken. I think they hacked my computer. They were like, this is too spicy to <laughs> play this sound bite. It's like the spicy boys of your soundboard. Copyright log on them. All right. Is everybody ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, like, how do you, should we try to finish this, or just, not like I would the say pod, go, through, go through the Clive Owen one real fast, at least, like, the plots. Well, let's, should we finish the last, take oh, two or yeah. three minutes to finish that hard goodbye, I mean. Up to you, Brett. Corey, do you want to finish that one out? Uh, yeah, let me find a way in, hold on. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm an, we had gotten I'm an to, editor, so I gotta think, think about, about Yeah, we had gotten to Kevin. Transitions. And they made me watch. That's probably the last we talked about it. I'd at least like to get to the funny part where he gets in the electric chair and he's like, curried up. I ain't got all day. No, he says that when they're praying. And then I don't remember what he says when he spits up blood, but that's. Where he coughs oh, up oil. Brady just said, that's all you got. That's what it is. Something like that. Yeah. 
All right, so yeah, well, let me know when you're ready, Corey. That was spoilers.